Hello! Overreaction Monday, January 10th. Big show, a lot of guests, a lot to talk about. Let's get right to it. There's so much to chit-chat about. We can't thank you enough for joining us here at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. All of the boys are here at Ty Schmidt looking fantastic, sitting at the number one seed of the <laughs> NFC as a Packers owner. Next to him, at Boston Connor, a man who loves the New England Patriots through and through, who just got done losing to the Miami Dolphins, actually getting swept by the Fins Up Dolphin. This and their head coach gets fired. Nice. Come home, Brian. That Boston Connor says, come on back to New England. Run the defense alongside old Steve Belichick. Oh, yeah. And let's continue to do this dynasty thing. Sitting in his little perch over there with a cowboy hat on is a man who's a fan of a team that just weeks ago we were having a moment of silence for because the winning record streak that Mike Tomlin had and had been on since the beginning of his coaching run for the Pittsburgh Steelers seemingly was coming to an end as that team stunk. That team was battling injuries and COVID and Ben Roethlisberger, the cowboy, was taking the tractor. Another round. Another round. And then a final round, and that was this. And we had a moment of silence for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and all the Pittsburgh Steelers fans were saying, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just enjoy Ben's last run here. We might lose. There's going to be turnover after the season. We can all assume that the future is going to be different than it is, but that was the mindset. And then the Steelers started winning games they weren't supposed to win, and another team in the AFC started losing games they're not supposed to lose in Duval County, fucking Florida. Oh, my God. Tone digs one half of the hammer. Dad. Cowboys. Tone, congratulations on the Steelers. Literally... Sneak it in the back door. Yeah. Congratulations, Tony. When you when you remove yourself from the equation and you put everything in the hands of the football gods and you ask the football gods, hey, who would you rather have in the playoffs? Ben Roethlisberger or Carl fucking Wentz? It was a pretty easy decision for the football. Well, I would like to have a word with the football gods because as I was watching that game yesterday, I saw a lot of things happen earlier. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? One of them was somebody mentioned that, oh, if the Colts lose this game, by the way, they're probably not in the playoffs. And I said, how did I not know this? I talk about the NFL literally every day of my fucking life. I am maybe the loudest Colts fan, although the Colts in their social media department say it's Dan Orlovsky. But I am probably the person with the biggest platform that is associated with the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not saying I'm anywhere near the greatest or most well-known Colts fan. I'm just saying on a day-to-day -day basis, I think I am a person that is a representative of a franchise in a program here in Indianapolis as the Indianapolis Colts. Mm -hmm. I think that's safe to say. So I rode away for this team every single day, every single week, every single thing on this show, and I thought to myself, well, goddamn, the Colts are the team that's going to get going. The Colts are right now in a position to win in January. That's yeah. right. They got a running back who's a fucking MVP candidate. How you doing? Keep him moving. Oh, yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. Offensive line has two top 100 players on it. Yeah. Two wow. top 100 players on one offensive line. Stat that. That's real stat, unlike your fucking tweets that we will have to get to that have been getting into Reddit. You can't just do hashtag stat that is bullshit theories that you think in your head. How do you sleep at night? Mean, a little respect for stat that. You disrespected the internet, you disrespected the NFL, and you definitely disrespected... Stat that. that! I thought they were real. They probably are. Yeah, that's not what stat that means is probably. What? You're a bad guy. Oh, that's a bad guy. person than you, you are. Stat You're that. a bad guy. Boo! Boo! Thank you. Boo! 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 Boo
guys must be forgetting that this is the first 18-week regular season, and everything that happens this season is the first time ever. <laughs> yeah, that's not what you're referring to. Stat, but anyways, we had two. T- I mean, that is real. Stat, that, yeah, that is. Stat, that. Finally, Anyways, Connor disrespected the internet and stat that yesterday. We will talk about it at some point in this particular thing. But there's two top 100 players playing offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts. There's an MVP candidate in the back. There's a quarterback getting paid $30 million. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you got a defensive player of the year candidate, mm-hmm. numerous pro bowlers. There was not on a run where you beat the beat the dog shit out of the Bills. Yeah. What? In Buffalo. Beat the Pats at home. Beat the uh, dog shit out of the Pats. Uh, beat the cards with no players. Yeah. No players beat the cards. This is all in a matter of like a month, literally, during Christmas. Not that long ago. So the thought that the Colts might not make the playoffs never even broached conversation in here. Nope. I don't think it broached conversation anywhere around Indianapolis. I think a lot of us here in Indy were learning during the game in Clown Town. Yeah. Clown Town. Clown Town. Clanton. 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 Danton. Clanton. Duval County. A celebration of clans took over Sean, (coughs) Sean Khan's pool paradise Mm -hmm. because fans were so disgusted with how the team was being run because the team was so bad. Their own fans were burying the program about how bad they were. Their own fans were showing up saying this place is a fucking clown show organization. Which is what Joe Judge said about Washington. Washington obviously beats the fuck out of Joe Judge so much right. so that Dave Gettleman's about to retire. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, that is what the Duval, Jacksonville, Jack, a niche group, not everybody, but a niche group were talking so much shit on their own organization. They had a plane fly overhead. Clon Tan. The Colts, seven Pro Bowlers. MVP candidate, defensive player of the year candidate, on a run, beating everybody, loses to that bad, bad, terrible. bad, knocked out of the fucking playoffs. <laughs> now the Colts are dead. Carson Wentz is out another fi- uh, 15 million next year. There's a lot of conversation about Frank Reich. What the fuck? How does this even happen? I got a lot of those questions too, but it's not just Frank. It's like the boys on the field. Yeah. How do you lose the Jacksonville? It's hard to play down there. No, it isn't. You guys got the number one pick again. Yeah. Okay. It's not hard to play down there. You got the number one pick again. Mm-hmm. They almost lost the number one pick because of how good they played yesterday. And by the way, I would like to say to the Clontown's defense, if this season was another 12, 13 weeks long, they're just getting into their group. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that fucking good. defensive line. They made the offensive line oh, for the yeah. Colts look terrible. Bad, bad. They were able to stuff Jonathan Taylor. Now, granted, we were not going to Jonathan Taylor first. We wanted to put it on Carl Wentz's yeah. shoulders for Smart. sure. Makes sense. Smart. Guy doesn't turn the ball over on the road. Yeah. yeah, and fucking stand up Archuleta and <laughs> Bryant leading that show with Carson Wentz has been very good with the football this year. It's like, what? You didn't watch any film. <laughs> nope. You didn't watch it. He threw 10 picks in one game. The other team didn't. Catch him. That's the, <laughs> that is a part of the – it's just – anyways, congrats to the Steelers because the Colts lose to Clonton. Thank you, Pat. But the fucking Jags looked unbelievable Thank yesterday. Thank you, Jags. Just so everybody knows, the Jags looked unbelievable yesterday. The Colts looked terrible. Now we got a long offseason. And, you know, Kenny Moore came out and said, you know, thanks to Colts Nation for good and the bad times and all that. And, you know, we'll come back better. And Darius Leonard said, I'm getting in the offseason and all that. Here we go. Hey, nobody in Indy want to hear that, man. No, 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 no. no, no. Ain't nobody. This year was going to be, hey. We, oh, yeah. This is going to be Super Bowl. Yeah, we're hey, we're going. Last year, we made it to the playoffs with Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers couldn't move. Nope. Phil Rivers couldn't move the ball. He couldn't literally move at all. He literally just stood there and just did his thing, made the playoffs because how good defense was, how good everybody else was. This year, don't even make the fucking playoffs. I mean, this is all, all systems going. You know, everybody's seeing red here in Indy. And 
I think the Ursay family has proved that they're uh, consistent. You know, mm -hmm. Jim, I'm talking about Jim, very consistent, not a lot of turnover, doesn't enjoy that, actually hates that, would pull the trigger later as opposed to earlier, but it's getting loud for old Frank Reich on the internet right now, and yeah. I don't know how the boys lose there. I don't know how. You know what I've had to do now since I am like the face of the fucking Colts, yeah. and I just remember that we had these. I sent these to Foxy yesterday. You know what my life consisted of yesterday after that game ended? What's, What's that? that? Bunch of fucking clown emojis with mustaches oh. burying me. Oh, no. I mean, bury, <laughs> bury. Go. Oh, no. no. There's a bunch of, I mean, it was nonstop, same emoji. Sorry, last one. Maybe, says Penny Stotts. <laughs> Just absolute fire, Bucky. There's another one. I'm here for this douche's meltdowns. A clown. Teal Tomahawk. And then Da Klan back and put respect uh. on Jag's name when you talk about because they're Colts kryptonite since the top three quarterback retired. AKA man, y'all motherfuckers got the first pick in the draft again. <laughs> Ain't nobody putting respect on you. You're not putting respect on your teams. Have you got a clown as your fucking emoji? <laughs> but this is what I actually had. kiss our teal asses. Good morning, Pat Max Show. Just a reminder the Colts will not be in a playoff. Oh. Matt Hall! Come on, man. This team has not been in a playoff. Oh. Come on. And he is just and right in sending this to me. This clown. Is right. Uh huh. Because what happened yesterday after 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 that uh, game yesterday in Los and then it's not uh, just my God. God. Well, it's not just clowns on the internet on Clown Town Duval County. Okay, this, this whole thing has kind of crept into our group text messages. Absolutely. So our group text messages this morning as we're getting ready for the show, lots happening. You know, a lot of coaches were fired. Yeah. Flores, ad. He won eight of the last nine games. See you later. Uh, see you later. Nagy. Ah, Zimmer, ah, Fangio, ah. I'm talking, there's a lot of big time news happening around the NFL that maybe we could talk about instead of the Colts thing, but no, no, no. Even in the group text, they just sent this over like 20 minutes ago. A perfect QBR, 100. Okay. okay. Average QBR, 50. Oh, Makes yeah, sense. So bad. it's not like okay. great. It's average will be 70s, yeah, you know, right. 70s or whatever. In, in the NFL quarterback QBR, 50 is the average. In a play-in game, okay, which... I didn't know it was. I assume they did. Yeah, I would, I would guess they did. Maybe. Uh, okay. Last week, by the way, against the Raiders was as well, I guess. Uh -huh. Right. I mean, and how's your family? What a fucking win. We will talk about that. Yeah. Because Staley's ended up on the side of a stat that isn't that great, but it'll be ignored because the greater stats say something different. Stat. Whatever. Stat that. Stat, stat that. Stat that. That was actual. They're not like your bullshit. Well, I still think mine are. <clears throat> in a playing game against the worst team in football, number one pick again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Carson Wentz posted a QBR of 4.4. What are we doing? Yikes. Is that a real number? I, I don't know where the 4.4 came from, to be honest, after watching. Yeah. I mean, I guess there was a completion or two out there, but what the fuck happened? And then the magic, obviously, of the NFL. Pittsburgh Steelers go to overtime in terrible weather against the Ravens after yes. Tucker hits a big-time ball to send it there. Then Boz gets a win. Steelers and Mike Tomlin vibing, vibing in the locker room. Hey. Hey, hey, then Tom goes to his head. And, <laughs> I mean, what a moment for the Steelers. That locker room moment is what everybody talks about that is retired. You're every coach that doesn't coach anymore say, you know, you'll never get those 10, 15 minutes after a win in the locker room anywhere else. You'll never experience it. I'm happy Tomlin bought all the way in and want bananas, and they get that win, and they, ah, ah. Tomlin, look at it. He said, we live? Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then he almost hits a dude in the face. Let me fix the hat. Let me come in here. I mean, those are moments that you're, you know, pulling for and hoping for and wishing for. And when you're not in the game, you're missing those moments right there. And then, obviously, it all depended upon the Raiders and the Judges. Ooh. And Brett Michaels said it best. Huh. Noted Pittsburgh Steeler fan. That's right. The biggest move. Yeah, face of Pittsburgh. 
Hey, whoa, 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 Pittsburgh. I know I speak for everybody here because that's what I normally do. Mm-hmm. What? He doesn't. I've even... seen him on ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch the fucking game until 5.30 yesterday. Oh, yeah, DVR oh, had a big show the night before. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you worry about it. He's on tour, dude. Yeah, he is. He's Big singing. Dog. He's making music right now. He's in the studio. Oh, Brad yeah. Michaels doesn't sleep. Every rose has its thorn. He's actually... Every band <laughs> has its day. He's singing a remix, you know, like Wiz Khalifa yeah. and like Lil Wayne did for Brett Michaels making one for this Pittsburgh Steelers run, like Ben Roethlisberger. But Brett Michaels speaking for the entire Pittsburgh city, he said, hey, let's not get too excited here. We just got hope there isn't a tie tonight. Mm-hmm. And everybody, I think even Tomlin said to himself, hey, Brett, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're in a good spot. Now, it was a fascinating thing, though, because Brett brought up a very good point that we almost actually witnessed because it is alleged now that if Brandon Staley doesn't call that timeout, the Raiders were potentially thinking about just draining the clock. Hey, we both go to the playoffs. There's allegedly a clip where the long snapper is talking to Eckler after the game, and he tells him, hey, we're just going to run the clock out, but you guys called timeout with 38 seconds left, and then it kind of, you know, gave the boys a rest. We popped for 10, yeah. and we have to do what we have to do. You know, mm-hmm. like you guys kind of played our hand. Richie didn't want to. Richie said, how's your family? Probably better you making it in the playoffs, right? Hey, right, right, right. Yeah. Why are you calling timeout? You fucking trying me over there, Brandon Staley? What are you trying to do? Well, you got to get the perfect packaging. Cool. We got Josh Jacobs. Wham! 10. They hit a game winner. Raiders in. Chargers out. Ooh. Now, let's think about this. Okay. Okay. The Raiders, in that third down situation, with 38 seconds left, they're on the 39, I believe, 39-yard line. So that'd be about a 57-yard field goal. Daniel Carlson has a massive leg. He just got paid one of the best kickers in the game. What says that they wouldn't, if that clock does run all the way down to whatever it would have been, I think 10 seconds, 2 seconds, whatever the play clock would have been if Brandon Saley didn't call a timeout. What if they, you know, trot him out there for a 57-yarder? Last play of the game, if it goes in, we win. If not, we're all going to the playoffs. I think that was probably in the plans. I'm not 100% sure. Now, I heard Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels talking about, well, what could go wrong? You know, it could snap through the hand. You could maybe get it blocked. It could go back the other way. There's a lot of bad that could happen, and everybody automatically thinks back to Michigan State with the snap and the whole thing and the special teams. But that operation there, I think punter just got paid, snapper just got paid, kicker just got paid. This is the big leagues. This is professionals. This is the guys that are at the top of their craft. I don't think we should be planning for failure at that moment. But... With the more and more that has trickled out from the Raiders' side and what we've been hearing from people who have sources within the Raiders' building, it seems like the narrative is they were thinking about running that next play. If they don't pick up any yards, all right, we'll just run this thing out. If they did pick up yards and got into a position in which they thought it was a safe field goal, probably going to kick it. So I think the Chargers would have had to make a stop regardless, timeout or no timeout. But the fact that he called timeout kind of gave the Raiders an opportunity yeah. to kind of relax, reset, yeah. get to maybe their best run. Because mm-hmm. he was shotgun formation, I think, before timeout. Under, under center after timeout. Full pop to the left there. So I think it kind of offset everything. A lot of people attacking Staley for, you know, all the things that Staley does that are completely stats-oriented and everything like that. In this particular case, I don't believe that it would have mattered. They would have had to get a stop on a run anyways. Now, granted, if they only gain one yard on that third down and it's still a long ball and it's like, ah, oh, we can, uh, I'm Richie Basaccia. I'm in a position <laughs> that I, sh- I never thought I would be. This team should not be in a position to make the playoffs. Here we are. Let's just make the playoffs instead of uh, something potentially crazy happening. 
But Staley going for it on his own 18 yeah. in oh, the third man. quarter of a tie game basically at that point is absolutely absurd, insane, and I'm sure there are some stats that say if it's less than a yard and a half, you have a 80% chance of picking that up in the football game. What about that 20%? Yep. What about that team percent? That could cost you your job, yeah. could cost your team the playoffs, could completely change everything. That is where the stats in real life thing kind of come to a head, and it did yesterday for Staley. That's why everybody was coming out so hard on him, I think dunking him, the super anti-stats people, and then all the stats folks feel like they got to get his back. Mm -hmm. But that is the perfect – this is like when Aaron was immunized. And then, he, yeah. and he testified, and then the whole world came in on this one particular vaccination story. Sure. And we just so happened to be in the middle of it, catching fucking rights and lefts, <laughs> literally rights Boom. and lefts from the rights and the lefts. I mean, bang, bang. I was getting pounded for everything <laughs> that was happening in there. That's This is what the Staley situation is because one team missed the playoffs because of their super stats-driven decisions, and that's the world we're in in football. It, Pretty jacked up over here. Oh, yeah. I mean, this oh, is a, a beautiful day. day. Crazy season. People fired, 17 games done for all, mm -hmm. 32 teams. I mean, this is a great day to be alive, except for the fact that the Colts are dead. But go ahead, Ty. Well, I was just going to say, do you like you were saying, too, like I don't know if I actually bought – like the Raiders – Carlson is a pro bowler. Like he's he's one of the best kickers in the NFL. Massive like, leg right. and in Vegas ball flies. Do you yeah. really think that – and I mean, I guess, you know, like, yeah, it doesn't hurt either way if they're both going to get in the playoffs, but like – the players and Basaccia and all those guys, like they want to win that game ultimately. Like that's why I, did. I mean, the the timeout just it made no sense really. But I mean, it, it, people people are really coming at Staley today and rightfully so. But just got to get a stop there anyways. I yeah, think. exactly. If he pops for ten on any play and they get into field goal position, I think they're trotting. They're, yeah, they're going to kick the field. They're going to trot him out there anyways. But if they get a stop there, no timeout is used. Clock runs out. They're both in the playoffs. So I guess you can attack them for mm -hmm. that. But. Oh, I'm, and by the way, I'm not like a pro Staley guy or pro stats guy at all. I'm just looking at this from like a realistic standpoint as opposed to the, you know, bury the guy strictly. I mean, that fourth and on yeah. his own 18. You that's the one. You can't do that. That's a killer. Yeah. yeah. That 17, is a killer. <laughs> that's, what all, that's a killer. Not all year. That's what all these guys talk about, like having a feel for the game. Like you kind of, like it didn't feel like in no way, shape or form did they have to go for that and get that at that point. Like, and then they don't get it. And granted, the Raiders only kicked a field goal, but like the momentum of the game just completely switched. Yeah, stats don't care about momentum. And stats don't care about your job. That's the thing sure. that needs to be remembered. And if it's not 100 to 0, I honestly don't know how you can strictly rely on the numbers. I respect it. I appreciate it because it does give you an out. Right, so if you make a decision, it ends up bad. Like for instance, this fourth and one on your own eighteen, in a playoff deciding game, yeah, down by three, in which yeah. is yeah, still very close. Yeah, mm -hmm. third quarter, third quarter. I mean, it's pretty late in the game of a decider in your own thing. It's there's been a lot of battles here. Yeah, what could be a swing? You know, the, Chuck Pagano was hilarious. You know, the way he described uh, a game. You know, we're we're. We're sparring, we're jabbing, we're jabbing, and then one play, boom. That's mm -hmm. And the play don't care who makes it. The, care, the play does not care who makes it. You don't know when it's going to happen. Most games, because if you look at the parity of the NFL, although there was some blowouts and there were some very close to the lines, you know, under and over that happened yesterday. But normally the game's very close. Mm -hmm. And there's just a couple plays that really change it. Now, they were able to come back and send that thing to overtime, so I'm not saying that's what lost them the, the game. But whenever you look at the stats, does it say in a – 
playoff deciding game in the third quarter against a defense that could get a stop and nobody's been able to really move or score at this particular point. This could be a spark or an ignition for another team who's also looking for a playoff. Does it say all that in the stats? I just wonder. And I think as we continue to evolve with the more information that every coach has, it'll only get better and better, I think. I hope. But that Staley's taking it on the shins. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's not like this He's first... smarter than Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> He's smarter than Belichick. He's smarter than Parcells. He's smarter than Tomlin. That's what Rex Ryan says. This mm-hmm. guy's fucking smarter than everybody. Mm-hmm. What a moment. Well, I mean, this has happened throughout the season. Like, at the beginning of the season, when they beat the Chiefs going for these fourth downs and making them, it was like, wow, Staley's going to be a coach of the year. And it feels like now he basically coached his way out of becoming the coach of the oh, year. Okay, so speaking of coaching your way at – Let's go through it. I listed it off very quickly there. Uh, the big news is Brian Flores at in the Miami Dolphins. He has won eight of his last nine games, swept the Patriots this season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the AFC East runs through New England for 20 years. Now it's through Buffalo. But the Dolphins have always been able to give the Patriots problems just like Clontan mm-hmm. has been able to sure. give the Colts trouble for whatever reason. But Brian Flores out as Dolphins head coach. It is because there was an alleged power struggle happening between the general manager, Chris Greer, and Brian Flores. Chris Greer's been there for 21 years at this point. I think he came in in 2000. The amount of coaches that have been there since Chris Greer's got there has been a plenty. And Brian Flores finally gets them on the winning side of things. Now, there's been some decisions that they have made that we have mocked openly. Yes. From a zoomed out view, okay? From a zoomed out view, there are some decisions that you go, oh, that that franchise is running like an amateur program. Yeah, right. They bench two at two minutes. Ryan Fitzmagic comes in. Fitzmagic's the starter, but then they announce publicly that he's no longer the starter. Breaks his heart. Now Tua has to come in in that particular moment. Then all offseason, Tua isn't our guy. He's not good enough. We want somebody else. These are stories that are coming out of the building, allegedly. We're just reporting from a zoomed out. They get rid of Kyle Van Noy one year after paying him. They Mm -hmm. still have to pay him. He's now back on the Patriots playing good football. There was just a lot of things that were happening down there that make you think, oh, that program's an amateur program. Yeah. But then they win somehow, even after starting terribly. Tua finds a groove. They find a rhythm. They get into position. Here we go. We can almost make the playoffs. We're going to get going. We're going to somehow end up in third in the AFC East, Mm. which ended up paying at plus 190, which put me in the middle of a battle. No big deal. It's great to be right months and months later. I was wrong a lot. Don't worry about it. We'll just kind of consider it even there. But Gumpy, why did this happen? How's this happen? And is Chris Greer the problem? Uh, Steven Ross is the problem. He's an absolute asshole. Uh, this team okay. is going to stink forever. Uh, it's never going to change. We we get good. We get rid of Van Noy. This year, we're good again. Let's get rid of our coach who's given us two winning seasons back-to-back. The Dolphins fucking stink. Okay, thank you, Gumpy, for that. Joining us now is a man who maybe has more information on the situation that noted Dolphin fan Bubba Gumpino just laid out. The host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, insider for the NFL and NFL.com, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Rap Sheet, quick question. Uh, That's going to be tough to follow. Okay, That's a passionate fan Uh that just lost the head coach that obviously won him a couple games when it hadn't happened in the past. Very good head coach. Okay, did this blindside everybody? Is this something that surprised everybody, or did you guys know this was coming? Because he's won eight out of the last nine down there, Ian. No, I mean, very good coach, very successful. This was not about X's and O's. This was not about... Uh, this was about know, the not... uh, Chris's and B-flows. Oh. Yeah. This wasn't about the Ooh. X's and O's. This was about the Chris's and B-flows. 
Did you make that up on the spot? Yeah, Ian, yeah. I'm a fucking host. Go on, go on, <laughs> do your thing. Anyway, um, yes. So this was about the relationships, and it did seem, um, it did seem like this was a power struggle. And you know what? You asked if if I was caught off guard. I knew something may be coming. I thought it would go the other way, and I wondered about huh. the security of Chris Greer. You know, with some misses in the first round, I think that was pretty obvious. Some other successes, um, but obviously some misses. And you know, has pulled off some some big trades, and then there are other trades you sort of could could go either way. Trading a one for the pick <clears throat> that ended up being Waddle is was a very much debated one, I would say. Um, and I knew that Flores and Greer were working on the relationship the last month, so I kind of came into this thinking something may happen, but also kind of believing that they would end up deciding to work it out. And it sounds like when Stephen Ross got all this information, kind of learned of the lack of communication and internal tension, he just decided that the coach was the problem, not the GM. So now Brian Flores is out and probably will be one of the hottest head coaching candidates in this cycle if he wants to take one. Good luck to B-Flow in the coaching cycle. And I don't want to move on too quickly from the Dolphins because they're Dolphins. Who cares? Yeah. But uh, this is quite an interesting situation. The Dolphins, no offense to the Finn fam. I mean, they have a very passionate uh, crowd and loyal fans, which makes no sense because these decisions continue to happen. Right. Uh-huh. But uh, Colts aren't in the fucking playoffs either. Uh, two, uh, yeah. the two Are you okay, by the way? All right, Ian. <laughs> no, no, I mean, seriously, like that was very tough. Are you okay? Are you okay, Ian? Do you, do you want? Do you, are you okay? Is everything okay no. over there? Are you all no, right? I'm not okay. Well, you beat COVID a week ago. Congrats to you, man. Way to go. Way to go, it's Ian. Funny guy. No, I mean, seriously. Yeah, I, I'm, funny guy. I know this. we're talking to me here and we're talking coach, but like... I know. We're talking to me here. That, uh... That was pretty stunning. Okay, it was stunning. Yeah. And is there any, uh, we'll get to if you're hearing anything behind the scenes at the Indianapolis Colts because around time, although there's a lot of hur, 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 coach of Bulldogs fans everywhere in Rotan, the Indianapolis people and the Colts fans are not exactly thrilled that that happened. So we will have to talk about that later. But right. let's get back to the Dolphins real quick. The Tua situation. Was that also a part of it? Because they said Chris Greer, Tua, and B Flow weren't getting along. So is Tua on Chris Greer's side? And all the other stuff that had been happening over the past couple years in the quarterback department, is that because of B-Flow? Because they're saying Deshaun Watson was coming because of B-Flow. So is that yes. is that where the tension lie uh, started or began, you think? I, I From what I know, if Deshaun, Deshaun Watson wanted to go to Miami, we know that. He waived his no, trades, no trade clause only to Miami, uh, and that was something that um, was, was very clear. He wanted to go to Miami for Brian Flores. So... Now they have Chris Greer, who obviously drafted Tua. You have Tua, who's still the starter, and I think honestly played pretty well down the stretch. So you had the coach wanting a quarterback, but also needing to make sure that this other quarterback is okay. You have the GM who drafted that other quarterback, and those two don't always see eye to eye. And then you have an owner who ended up essentially, I'm not going to say stopping the trade, but it didn't go through because Deshaun Watson did not settle his legal issues. Okay. And then they would have had to all coexist. It's not because of Tua, but the Tua situation and the desire for Deshaun Watson was part of it. And I would also add this. If Miami's out on Deshaun Watson, which Stephen Ross said, I have no plans to pursue it, that throws this thing wide open. Okay, just like you can't spell comedian Mm -hmm. without Ian, you can't spell situation without Tua. 
That's right. And that is a very right. fascinating thing. I'm blowing your mind right now, Ian. Don't worry about it. Let's get to the next one. Nagy and Pace are out. Although Nagy came out on the record after the hardest working human in the history of work, Boomer Esiason, yep. reported that Nagy had been informed that this past game was his last game as head coach. He came out and said that was not the case. Did they have that feeling it was over? And what's next? Just a coach and a GM that liked Justin Fields, I'd assume? Uh, first of all, he was not told, just like at the Vikings, like Zimmer wasn't told. So, you know, I'm going through this and I'm working with Pelissero and we're trying to figure out who's informed who. No one informed anyone. But what you see is as a coach, you kind of understand the landscape. Zimmer kind of knew, even though no one told him. So he was taking pictures with family and trying to remember and like really sound like sort of recollect doing his like recollections yesterday, uh, after the game. So he kind of knew, and I've talked to Nagy, you know, couple times over the last couple weeks no one had told him but he knew also so you know it's oh, like yeah. everyone treats you differently Jeez. you're talking about the future but you're not really like part of those conversations like it gets it gets weird so i think both those both those guys knew i was surprised that rick spielman was fired in minnesota i was like so a lot of the you know like a lot of these things i'll be like oh yeah i kind of heard like did not i thought he was going to end up being elevated to a, like a greater role and kind of work with the owners for the next GM and head coach. I did not see him getting fired. And in a way, I guess I get it, but they also they have a viable quarterback. They got a pretty good roster. They got a good cap situation. Like there's, there's definitely a lot to like here. Yeah, and who knows if they're in Aaron Rodgers' division still or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that'll be for the future to – Deciding there, you're talking Spielman like an Elway type position where they promote yeah. but still kind of be the that's, intermediate there. That's what you're thinking. That's kind of what I. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's the Vikings. So once again, we move on. Um, let's talk about the Broncos now. As we go, Vic Fangio, 19 and 30 as a head coach in Denver. The writing was on the wall there as well. Yeah, and I think you know it, it was a tough situation because like to a situation. Um, because he didn't have a quarterback. Three years, didn't have a quarterback. The, obviously, he was fired, and I, I, I think it makes sense to start new, give general manager George Payton his own guy. The only thing that kind of made me wonder is Fangio is such a good coach. He, like, yeah, just that defense. That defense yeah. was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Defense was awesome and was always going to be awesome. So I kept thinking, like, yes, it makes sense. Three years, didn't make the playoffs. I get it. But if you just gave him a quarterback – Maybe one, I don't know, that sometimes comes on your show and says all sorts of stuff uh, is very entertaining. Oh. Like, that would make sense. Says all um, sorts of stuff. Everybody you know, might that. they have tried to hire a familiar face to Aaron Rodgers, bring him over and say, well, I think they might have tried to do it. Unless but in the mute. end, they said, you know what, let's just move forward, cut clean. And either way, like, right. assuming they get a quarterback... Yeah. I think that's a really, really good job because that roster is pretty good. I mean, they've been trying to get a quarterback, right? And they've been in every conversation in the offseason, including the one who isn't a mute. So obviously he says all sorts of stuff. I mean, that's pretty, pretty good stuff on the show. Hey, pretty good stuff. <laughs> great stuff. Pretty good. I think that is kind of the, the brain that it's coming from is incredible. Or do you think that there's any more coaches that are going to be on their way out? Like, for instance, Basaccia has done an impeccable job. Yeah. yeah. How's your family? 
Not good, Staley, because you couldn't get a stop there and you went for it on fourth and one on your own 18 in a playoff deciding game in the third quarter when it's a very close game. Not a lot of points have been scored yet. But Staley's going to grow from this. He's going to learn from this, just like the all, all the old coaches that say all oh, stats and potential will get your ass fired because they go through these types of things. He'll continue to become a better coach, I think, from all of this, right? I think Staley's a very smart guy. But Basaccia, that team has no fucking business winning games that they win. They beat us in, in now I guess the Jaguars beat us too, so yeah. who gives a fuck? Right. Anyway, but Basachi's been winning games over there. Derek Carr, hell of a player. We should show him a lot more respect, I think, yeah. both leadership and physical capabilities, but Richie Basachi, where's this, is he going to get interviews for other jobs if the Raiders don't give him? What do you think happens with him? Oh, no. So, what's crazy? Oh, no. Oh, this oh, guy stinks. No. Oh, oh right. no, this guy stinks. Oh, you're a mute. Yeah, you're not saying stuff out of your mouth anymore. Oh, no, we're good. Okay, I'm just oh, making, oh, I, okay. I, I lost you for a second, so I was making sure we're good. Um, okay, go. We lost so you too. I've been, you oh, know, I've been you kind are. of doing this and, and <laughs> talking about the Raiders coaching search and where they're going to go, and everyone's like, yeah, you know, Basaccio will get an interview, but he doesn't have a great chance of getting the job, and I definitely get it, except they just – they that was an amazing win. Gotcha. Now they're going to the playoffs, and they face the Bengals, who were good, but like – they could win and right so like it's he really is doing a great job nobody likes special teams (laughs) none of the owners like special teams nobody wants to hire these guys except Harbaugh's doing a pretty good job Versace took over and is doing a really good job so I still will kind of stick with what I'm saying that it's going to be at least an open search but you got to think he should get some consideration, right? I mean, this is impressive. I agree. And Joe Judge isn't doing the special teams guys any favors right now. Dave Gettleman allegedly going to retire. Does that mean Joe Judge is done? Hashtag Jay New. Jay Glazer said yesterday that uh, if you asked him a few weeks ago, I think Jay used to work for the Giants or covering the Giants, and we just assume that his Giants info is good, as you probably do as well. He said that he thought Joe Judge would definitely be back, then maybe be back. Now he's at the fence like he doesn't know if he'll be back. Is that kind of the, the feel of everybody, every all the insiders? So here is where it stands for me for the Joe Judge situation. So he met with his coaches a couple minutes ago and just met with his players. Uh, it sounds like he is planning for the future with the thought that he will be back. Right, So he is talking to the coaches, talking to the players, as if he will be back. The team has not announced it, just like they haven't announced Dave Gettleman's, you know, whatever it is. Oh, you don't think he's retiring? You don't think he's retiring? I mean, I, I think he will not be back. Oh. Is this like he's a Teddy Brisky retirement? He was also taking pictures with everyone. I think he will be eventually deemed a retirement, which is, very, which is good and very nice. He's a good guy. Um, why, why is Pat looking up to the side? Oh, so you're saying that the Mars are saying, hey, listen, you fucking retire or fired, huh? Hey, either we can mm-hmm. whack your ass or you can retire. They can't. Oh, Retirement's a much nicer way of saying You can walk out of the building, yeah. okay, on your own terms, or we can fucking pick you up. Mm-hmm. How's your family? <laughs> Go fucking see them. Is that, is that what kind of happened, you're saying? Um, maybe. Okay, good. I'm happy we got to the bottom. Okay. Well, congrats Um, on a hell of a run. All right. Good work. And by the way, I think I'm walking myself out too. (laughs) Instead of the other. That feels like probably the right decision. Um, That feels like the right decision. So, as far as Judge, though, like, there's a lot that goes into this. And there's a lot that goes into him showing that he should be back. It's like, what's your plan? Who's your plan at OC? How are you going to work with the new general manager? There's two owners. So, everyone talks about John Mayer, but Steve Tisch as well. I know there'll be he'll be meeting with both of them, not just one of them, both of them later. So there's a lot that has to be finalized, and the team has not announced anything final. 
Um, it seems as if everyone is proceeding that he is going to stay. I've seen it flip, but that's the way it seems for me. And I, you know, I would say three or four weeks ago, I was also hearing definitely stay. Maybe it's a little more up in the air now, but it seems like everyone is proceeding as if he is going to be the head coach, though it's not been made official. You think Joe Judge walks in tomorrow and says, I need, give me 15 real quick, please. You know, <laughs> like he did at training camp with all the boys in their oh, pads. Yeah. You know, hey, we're changing the culture around here. Everybody full pads before we run sprints. I need 10 push-ups, 15. What? Right and not, by the way, what? not a single player told him to go fuck himself, which is if you watch our... If you watch our coverage of that particular incident, that was our entire thing. It seemed like he had the entire team all in. Even vets were doing push-ups in full pads. Yeah. That had not happened since peewee football for right. a lot of these guys. Well, but but for real, like this is the problem though. Is like, look, they are bad. Like Terrible. I'm not blind. They are bad. Like they're everyone kills them for the sneak on third and nine or whatever. Yeah, that's a bad call. Freddie Kitchens is there, by the way, just real quick. Freddie Kitchens is a part of a draw yep. on like fourth and 13 as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to throw Freddie Kitchens under the bus. He sounds like a great man. I never mm-hmm. met him myself. Oh, but I just, the these are a couple of things. That's very rude of him to say. We don't think that. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Freddie Kitchens didn't deserve that. He's doing his thing. Joe Judge does his thing. Uh, last thing from me before the boys have their questions. Yeah, the Colts got knocked out of the playoffs yesterday because they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars down there in Clonton. Yep. Okay, there was yep. clowns in attendance mocking how bad the Jacksonville Jaguars organization has been for some time. Their own fans said, we're going to pay tickets, we're going to go, and we're going to put clown wigs on, and we're going to even do the paint and the noses because we hate the way this place is run. They this is not how NFL teams run. They beat the Colts yesterday, Can't knocked them out of the Colts. Did you know that if they lost, they probably um, wouldn't make the playoffs? I had no are, idea. Sorry, as we're talking, the Giants just announced that Gettleman will retire and they will begin their search for the next GM. Okay, congrats. Congrats on how we run, Gettleman. Congrats, Dave. Hey, congrats. great retirement, Dave. Enjoy, Dave. Thank Enjoy, you, Dave. Enjoy, Enjoy Dave. Dave. Way walk your way out of there, Dave. It was a tough road these last couple yeah. of years, but that's all on you, Dave. Try, Dave. You're okay, Dave. It's tough to win in football, Dave. You do tough. a lot of that, but not. that's all on you here. Yeah, congrats, enough, Dave. Dave. Congratulations. Congratulations, Dave. All right, let's get back to the Colts. So, here. Colts. Yeah. What happened? Did you know if they lost, they were out? I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I, I knew, and the weirdest thing for me is everybody was talking. You know, the Jaguars are bad, but everyone was talking about like, well, every time the Colts go down there, you know, the Jaguars uh, win, and I'm kind of like, I'm honestly listening, and I'm like, like whatever, like there's no way, but because the Colts have been so good, and I'll tell you the thing that was alarming to me. I mean, you watch them all the time; they're so physical and they're so tough, yeah. and yeah, yeah. they weren't yesterday, yeah. and I don't understand. And it's like, I know everybody wants to talk about changes. Like, Frank Reich is a great coach. Uh, Chris Ballard is very good. Uh, they just weren't, they just got beat yesterday. And it's like, sucks. And it just, it sucks. But they just got beat. And I don't, ex- I don't know how to explain how not physical they were. Um, but that was really, that was rough. Okay. I was, so, pundit I was, Ian. I would say this, and I know you think I'm joking. I was feeling for you yesterday. Okay, thanks. I appreciate that. I was feeling for me, too, there for a couple hours. I was yeah. tore up about it. I didn't expect to be as tore up about it as I was because I know I have to get in front of one of these things yeah. with this ball sitting in front of me mm-hmm. every single day, and my team isn't even in the most important part of the most yeah. important time of football. My team yeah. isn't in when. Uh, his team is, his what? team is, what? their team is. What? It's me, the Bears, and the goddamn Lions. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. Well, the, the same thing. Yeah, yeah, the Dolphins, Miami. which, by the way, I mean, it only gets – it's tough. This is tough, dude. Now, granted, uh, go Pack, go. All right. Go Pack, go, baby. Go Pack, go. Go, go. go. 
It was a tough day yesterday. Uh, what's the future look like, you think, for Carson? Are you hearing anything, or has that conversation not happened yet? Uh, I would say, if you asked me a month ago, I would say the Colts are very excited about Carson Wentz. They like the contract. They were moving forward with him. I have not heard that has changed. It will definitely be something I will be looking into. Um, they traded a first-rounder for him and believe in him. Yesterday was bad. Um, so I could see a situation where... Maybe they draft someone, or uh, well, I guess this year they won't do it, but maybe they draft a late second-round guy, third-round guy. Foxy. You know, it's it's a problem because you invested so much to to not run it back is just like washing the first-rounder down the whatever. Wow. Um, that wasn't good. Um, uh-huh. I knew they believed in him. They were all in on it, but yeah. – I'm going to have to go back now and figure it out because yeah. that was not that was not. Yeah, good. go back to the lab. All right, rap sheet, excited uh-huh. to hear what you got. And by the way, Carson played some great football. Carson played some great football this year. <laughs> Team didn't make the playoffs. Carson played some great football, though. Who knows him and Frank another year, another offseason. Remember, he broke his foot, the whole thing. Sure. Go ahead. Sure. Oh, my God. They Now they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Unless he buys a John Deere this offseason. Yeah. That guy ain't never going to fucking win anything. All right, but, please uh, ask your question. Rapsi, you reported this morning that Zadarius Smith has been cleared for the Packers. Is it basically just what you thought it would be? They're going to get him and Jair Alexander. We saw Bakhtiari played about two quarters yesterday. Are they pretty much going to be all systems go uh, come their first right. playoff game? Uh, Jair Alexander, I think, is going to be okay, but it's been so touch and go that I'm not sure. But the Zadarius Smith thing is... is it really is massive. Now, nothing's as big as getting David Bakhtiari back. Like, one of the best left tackles in football, one of the best players in football, also mildly hilarious. That is a huge deal. Mild. Um, yeah. That is a hu- well, huge deal. Um, getting – what's that? Mildly hilarious. What, what, what are you? He's, He's very funny. funny. He's backhanded not, not very funny. Pretty funny. He's not funnier than you. <laughs> no. He says, no, he's – well, he's not always funny. What do you sit around in the kitchen at these comedy clubs and talk shit on who's mildly funny and very funny? Is that? I mean, the, some of his things. The the tweet saying he was back was pretty funny. Oh, you're saying I've seen better. You know, oh, jeez, oh, Louise. Some of Brady's tweets are funnier. Oh, he's pretty good at social media. All right. Anyways, do you have any? Anyway, other? but then and Darius Smith. So it was a herniated disc. I had to say that on TV. I make sure I do enunciate properly. Mm-hmm. Herniated disc. He had surgery, and the entire plan was to be back in late, late December, early January. He got officially cleared Friday. Here we go. Yes, I believe Friday. And will probably be activated officially Tuesday, and then we'll practice, and they have the bye, which is amazing. So they get the bye, and then he should be playing. And they are the only team in the NFL to be getting better as the playoffs come. It is wild. Bakhtiari looked good out there, too. He looked comfortable. He didn't look like he was gassed. It was awesome to see. I thought it was a smart decision, by the way. It's like a preseason. Get some preseason reps. Sounds like the connection is terrible over there. All right. Hey, should we look out for anything else that happened today? This guy stinks. (laughs) Okay, now I got you. We're back. Go ahead. Oh, great. You sound fantastic. Hey, is there anything else going to happen today, you think? Um... May get some more finality on Judge, although we think we know. Um, David Culley's situation, they're discussing Houston, probably won't be today. I don't think. Anthony Lynn was let go as OC. Wow. Not a surprise, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, Dan Campbell, we're looking at it, kind of a new a new OC. And I think that's it. Uh, Panthers are going to be trying to hire a new offensive coordinator, and then we'll see kind of where everyone else uh 
Everyone else lands. Nick wanted me to ask Pete Russ. What's going on there? Russ doing a lot of uh, almost campaigning about how much he loves Seattle these last couple weeks. Now, he's being asked these questions. He has to give these answers. But he is a very calculated, intelligent human being. He put over Seattle and dream of being at Seattle. And that's his prayer and everything like that. But it feels like all systems are are, all roads are leading to them splitting. What what are you feeling? They're going to have a conversation uh, with the owner, uh, who is Paul Allen's sister, Jody. She has not talked to a lot of people. So, like, me and everyone else has been trying to do reporting on, like, if you notice, there's been kind of, like, a lack of reporting, I hate to say this, on, like, what Seattle plans to do. Reality is nobody knows because she hasn't confided in a lot of people. So we know that Russ has said he wants to be back. I know Pete Carroll (laughs) is not getting fired for X's and O's because he is a very, very good coach. The only thing I could see happening is when they meet and they get together, one person thinks Russ should stay, one person thinks he should go. If John Schneider and Pete Carroll or Pete Carroll and the owner disagree, they might have a parting. That'd be the only way it happens. It won't be like you're not a good enough football coach. It'd be like you don't believe in the vision that we have. That's the only thing, and I don't know which way it's going to go. I think he's back. But I do not know. Hey, shout out to Jody. I respect that, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. Not telling anybody shit. I like that a lot. Now, granted, you no. journalists need to do a better job because it feels like with the lack of information, you're misleading. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And don't you even think about doing that because the Seahawks fans don't deserve that type of treatment. We appreciate you, Ian. We will continue to follow along at Rap Sheet NFL. At Rap Sheet. Just at Rap Sheet. Mm-hmm. Congrats to you, man. Hey. Thanks, guys. We'll let Bakhtiari know that you think he's mildly funny. He is a very nice guy. I know he respects my opinion. Um, you tell him that, and uh, you let me know what he says. Okay, we will. And if I got to deal with him. So be it. He's going to smack you in the mouth. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Thank you, buddy. At Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor, the legendary Toxic Table. How you doing, boys? Doing Fantastic. great. Doing great. Play a football. It's Boom. here. And we're both here. How about it? We're gonna miss you this year, Pat. We, we really will. are. We oh, will. That's. I mean, that's. That's why they're the talk the table. At Tone Diggs over there, one half of the Hammer Don uh, Cowboys, a podcast uh, that, about gambling that goes live. 15 minutes after this show ends every single day. Also, Ten Diggs, diehard Pittsburgh Steeler fan, uh, fan from the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, we went to high school together, grew up on the same street. He and Nick Moraldo, same basic story. He was not on our street, though. He could have never made it in fucking Holiday Park. No, he could have oh. never made it in Holiday Park. The HPTs would have ran your ass out of town. <laughs> oh. Anyways. Pittsburgh. I grew up in a poor side of town than you did. No, listen. Oh. No, no, no. Listen, the region. I grew up Park. in a grittier side of town. No, no, no. You ain't never touched the grid of Holiday Park. You hear me over there. Anyways. Two Pittsburgh guys, diehard Steelers fans. They reaped the benefit of the Colts losing yesterday. Congrats, Tony. Right, Congrats, Tony. Good day. Good day. Hey, like Ben will look back on this and probably share stories with Tomlin at some point, and he'll say, "There's no way we should have made the playoffs there in my last year. There's no way we should have made it." Exactly, you're 100 correct. And once again, that fourth quarter rolls around, and that man is start throwing seeds, dude, out of nowhere. Is it because he's calling plays in the fourth quarter? What do you think it is? I don't know. Tomlin uh, talked about it yesterday. Just like I guess Tomlin said, one of his best. Qualities is when the moment gets big. So does he. Okay. 
Well, it's Big Ben. Big Ben. That's right. Although I think there's a lot of teams that have big moment players on their team. And going into the playoffs, especially in the AFC side, it could be anybody's ball game. Chiefs right. win. Chiefs are winning again. The Chiefs are doing their thing. That got close, obviously, with the Browns, mm -hmm. but they still win. Will they be able to go on a run? How about the Titans getting Derrick Henry? The Bengals. Well, how you doing? Keep it moving. We didn't see them play. Uh, their best players, obviously, resting for the playoffs. There is so much in the AFC side that could happen. The NFC, same exact way, although it does feel as if it's a little bit top-heavy up there. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Packers. Joining us now is the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, a man who has a Super Bowl championship, a college football national championship, which is tonight, by the way. That's right. downtown Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh -huh. A lot of ice downtown Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. Be Slippy. careful. Slippy out there. It is a bit slippy out there. I'm yeah. wearing cowboy boots. Not a lot of traction on the bottom. Oh, that's funny because I wore my cowboy boots to uh, Connecticut on Friday because uh -huh. I'm the commentator cowboy out there. Right. And uh, yeah, everything was ice. And I uh, <laughs> immediately upon arriving to Connecticut to get into a rental car that was given to me by one of the employees of the airport I landed at. Shout out to Justin and Micah. Micah, the ping pong champion of that particular okay. FBO. We did play on the way out of town. He beat me 22-20. Wow. Really? He was up like 8-1, at one point, though. Apparently, virtual reality ping pong doesn't necessarily just pick up sure. and move itself to real life. It was a hell of a game. It was a, Anyways, I busted my ass so quick out there on the ice with the cowboy boots. You're 100% right. Nonetheless, Indianapolis, great host city. Mm -hmm. Joining us now, AJ. Yeah. AJ, how you doing, dude? I almost blew my back out on Friday night with some cowboy boots in Groton, Connecticut. Woo. Well, okay. That, that's awesome. I Actually, someone, Mike Nugent, my you know kicker buddy I grew up with, he actually mentioned to me the other day, Tacova boots. Is that what Diggs wears? Yeah, that's from the, uh, they watched the Kevin Costner cowboy thing, mm -hmm. right? That's Yellowstone. Where the, that's where, is that what Nugent does? I, Nuge said he, someone like family members he knew showed up at him and he loved him. And but Nuge actually loves Diggs too. So I don't. I told him that Diggs. That's what he wears. And he's like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's amazing. Like he's a hey, huge fan. Hey, Tone was on Fox yesterday on the uh, the wrap up show. Tone was he with Tucker Carlson? Where would he go? No, Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> 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 Tucker Carlson? Hey, hey, I mean, the guy's... Fox Sports, dude. It's the NFL Come show. On. He's the highest rated guy there, right? I assume that's where Diggs would go because he's so big time. <laughs> don't. See, I don't know what the fuck you are talking about right now, but I do know that I'm talking about Fact. the NFL Fox thing. The NFL okay. Fox yeah. thing. Hi. Him, him re, uh, reposting a video of Tomlin getting after it in the locker room and then, you know, going banana land. Uh, Diggs posts one of these to Tomlin. I love you. That team makes the playoffs because the Colts lose to the fucking Clanton Jaguar. <laughs> Anyways, yesterday was electrifying, AJ. What were your big takeaways, and are you excited with how the playoff picture is shaped up? I mean, yeah, yesterday was cool to, to see how it all played out. To be honest, going into this week, I didn't like what were the chances that uh, Pittsburgh had of making the playoffs like two percent something? Yeah. A lot had to happen, and the main one was Colts lose to the Jags. But I could, I we covered that, we talked about that. But I didn't know that means they're taking a the cold spot. I, I, I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like, I had no idea. I didn't even project. I didn't even. I got blindsided by that as the game was unfolding. Yeah. And I'm like, how did I not even know this? How did I not even consider it? It's because the team we were playing's fans were showing up in clown costumes because the organization stinks. Look at this. They fly Clontan over top of the stadium while they're knocking out an MVP candidate, defensive player of the year what? candidate, what? seven pro what? bowlers, what? a team on a run that beat the Bills, the Pats, and the Cards all within a month, what? and they knock them out. 
And so I didn't even think that there was a chance. Now, that moment with Tomlin in that locker room, that is the moment that uh, retired players and retired coaches mostly talk about. You can't get those 10 minutes after a win back, let alone overtime win, division rival, to propel you into the playoffs when nobody expected it. I mean, what a moment for that entire squad. And I did get a little envious of NFL locker rooms and you know what it could be like to get back onto a team because that moment right there is so unbelievable. Oh, absolutely. That's what I've, I talk about all the time. Like the, the slow walk off the field after a win with your buddies and your coaches, everyone's happy. And then those first five to eight minutes in the locker room uh, after a win, that's the best, yeah, the, the best thing there is, especially when your head coach is Mike Tomlin doing this, man. That's got to energize those guys. But is it, does it matter? Yes, they're in the playoffs. It's awesome. Great story. Can they win? Carson lost to the Jags. We got in the playoffs. Was that what he was saying? I couldn't hear him over the music. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Yeah. I wonder if that's what he was saying. Easy with that question that early in the week, AJ. Okay. Yeah, it is very early. Right now, it's time to be good. It's time to be hung over on happiness right now. It's not until Wednesday, let's ride the wave. Thursday, let's Friday. Let's ride the wave if we're Pittsburgh, man. I think it's never too early. Let's just let's ride the wave with it. There Aren't they already 14-point dogs? Bro, ride the wave. Uh, oh, 12 and a half. Ride the wave. We had a moment of silence yeah. for the Pittsburgh Steelers You're right. four or five weeks ago. We've been riding the wave, AJ. What we're saying now is this wave is currently high. There's no reason to talk about, oh, these boys are going to get buzzsawed no, by the fucking no, no, Chiefs. No. They, they, that was not the time for that. That's I didn't say that. I, just, I was legit curious. I'm like, said. can the Steelers make – can they make a magical run? run? Like, this would be the most magical run they could have. So, they did it too. That's how they won in 2005. I mean, Tyree kills out. Jackson Mahomes is uh, dancing at the games. <laughs> Mahomes. Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Playing with house money. Real. That was real? Oh, yeah. Listen <laughs> – I, people were calling me Jackson Mahomes of the Colts because I made them the super boost and they lost. You know, was, How did the Colts awesome. lose that game? They stink. What are you talking about? Shut up. <laughs> what? They do. <laughs> what is your problem? They stink. Did you see this dude on Twitter yesterday, this fucking guy? Disrespecting hashtag stat that yeah. Listen, Mike Greenberg, Mike Greenberg says on these Monday shows <laughs> that Ryan Clark is the best Twitter follow on Sundays. I respect that because Ryan Clark's tweets are hilarious. If you follow this fucking stooge here, though, you will have quite a Sunday as well. Yesterday, he just abused stats, abused Twitter, and abused no. fucking Reddit. That yeah, just, no. That's right. Uh, Boston Connor tweets, the Colts will be the first team in NFL history to have more than five Pro Bowlers and not make the playoffs. Hashtag stat that. Stat that. That's not right at all. That's not true. I, I called him. I was talking to him on FaceTime. <laughs> And I said, is that is that accurate? He goes, oh, probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably is. That ain't how stats work, dude. I, well, sometimes, and also, I said this before, it's the first time we've ever played 17 games. This is a new record book. This dude. Stat that. This dude. Is that what stat that's for? Well, yes. And then yes. he follows up with this. Dear Mr. Hersey, <laughs> you promised us. I live in Indiana. Two, not one, but two Super Bowls this decade. Colts had seven Pro Bowlers. We go down to Duval with the season on the line and lay the biggest egg of all time. Who will answer for this? Sincerely, a concerned citizen of Indianapolis. This guy now grandstanding. That's a pretty good tweet, actually. We did go down to Duval. And what did we do? Who's we? (laughs) We, Indiana, Indianapolis. The taxpayers of the city. That's right. The people who live here and live and die with the Colts. We're ready to go on a run to the playoffs. You wanted a parade, huh? That's right. I've been waiting for a goddamn parade in the city since I got here. And we're supposed to have two. Hey, Jim, 
The decade's closing in, buddy. You better figure it out quick. Get rid of Frank. Do something. I'm sick of this losing dumb franchise no. that hangs banners no. for being a finalist no. in the AFC. You need to relax. This is bullshit, Dad. <laughs> Just like, just like, just like nobody on Twitter got the inside joke of stat that being a mockery. Yeah, you know, ended up on Reddit. They took his stat. That tweet put it on Reddit. There was a fool, and then there was just one person. This is yeah, not true. Unequivocally untrue. That was uh he was referencing somebody when he said dad earlier. Yeah. That was another Twitter account that he is referencing there. Yes. He's not calling AJ dad. No, I mean, no, not, no, no. That's no. not happening there. He's calling Urse dad. Yeah. The father of our city, Pat. Dude, what happened? Dude, I don't know how to I wanted Does to Connor make... speak for all Colts fans? Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. Well, right now all Colts fans are saying the barking adults are enough. Okay. Yeah. Enough of the barking uh-huh. adults downtown. All right. <laughs> There's a lot of dogs roaming these streets <laughs> out here. And a lot of Yeah, roles. what's it like? What's have you seen you've been you seen them? I've seen the videos, the cops coming to the restaurants and stuff. So I have not been downtown in years at this point, but uh Connor, Gumpy, and mm-hmm. the boys were out and about. There was ice on Saturday. We got hit with like an ice. Uh, wave almost like everybody. A lot of black ice. Yeah, it was raining, and then as soon as the rain hit the ground, it froze immediately. And then, by the way, you got a little hey, road tie down there. Road right? tie. Hey, I'm down here for the fucking dogs. These dogs ain't hey, fucking hey, hey, They're biting hey, hey, steaks too. Okay, we're fucking going. They got their cowboy boots on. Cowboy yeah. boots. Once again, we just talked about. There is zero traction mm-hmm. on that. Black ice you can't see. It's just popping up. And you, you probably could recognize it if you're from a cold fucking place. Right. But you got some of these, you know, drunk dogs fans coming around and drunk roll tide with their boots on and their hats. Whoo! Mother Nature says, take a fucking seat, pal. Yep. There was a lot of that, I think, which potentially scared other dogs from going outside. They <laughs> yep. stayed on the porch, I think. That's right. But they have been an incredible atmosphere. I, I, the SEC, it's different down there. There's been a lot of energy around here, but the ice did, you know, take some casualties this week. Also, weekend. apparently there were 400 canceled flights to Indianapolis uh, this weekend. So What's that, that might, all about? Might have been a problem. Yeah. A lot What's of people didn't about? get to the city. I saw somebody tweet that... Uh, you know, I just, with my five-year-old son, we talked to the hostess here. And the hostess <laughs> who hosts, you know, Super Bowl and Final Four said they, they did not expect anything like this before. That's a lie, okay? Mm-hmm. 350,000 people come here for the Indy 500 literally every single year. Now, COVID has, you know, changed some things, but the, the weather is always the, uh, the uh, level of the playing field yeah. with Indianapolis. Indianapolis City is connected everything is connected you can walk everywhere and all the bars and hotels in the stadium and the convention center are all literally just in one area it's almost like when the city was designed they're like okay we're just gonna have a shit ton of fucking conventions here and that's how the city is basically created but if it's fucking 10 degrees i mean there's at least a moment where you have to step outside and go so it's just it's a little bit different. When the Super Bowl was here, it was fucking 60 degrees in February or something like that. It was like, how mm-hmm. the hell did this happen? The football gods came down and said, have you a Super Bowl mm-hmm. in Indianapolis? But it has been a little chilly, but I don't think I don't think that has changed anything. I think these Southerners, Southerners uh-huh. have had a great time in the city. I hope so. And tonight's going to be electrifying, AJ. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine what, it's, what it will be like. Uh, 
So what, Alabama, they're underdogs, is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dogs are favorites. That's because that fucking defensive line plays no games. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Seven, eight deep. Hey, now, the dogs, the dogs did hire one guy that was sent off the West Virginia staff to play on a defense former team in their mind, Jamal Adai. Sure. And they've gone on to become the number one defense in the world, basically. Okay. But do you think Saban's going to lose twice to the same fucking team, a team that he created? He burst Kirby Smart, didn't he? That's not right. a chance. We talk about it every year. If you're not betting Bama tonight, you're a bozo. They're going <laughs> to win. We all know it. Hey, it's a great story. Georgia might win. They're not going to, okay? Saban owns this sport. Bama's going to win. Period. Roll tight. Roll tight. I'm intrigued by it all because this was supposed to be the Georgia team that could do it. Mm-hmm. Stetson Bennett's been questioned. He's just stacking those chips on his shoulder. That's right. But there is 94 NFLers on that other team. And in the second half, by the way, Saban would call up somebody you've never heard of that was somehow a 10-star recruit out of some state we've never heard of. Wait till you see this guy. He can throw the ball 97 yards on a dime, and then all of a sudden Bama wins again. Yeah, guess what? He's going to be a first-round draft pick in about three years. So another one of those 94 guys that they're going to send to the league. It just we, 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 We've talked about it all year long. You know, you can – gas yourself up and say whatever you want. Saban wins these games. We all know he's going to. And them being dogs is just, you know, icing on the cake. Dogs are the dogs. AJ, what are your thoughts? You love college football. You want a college football national championship with a great defensive team. You think Georgia gets a win tonight, AJ? Give me some analysis, dude. I, I wish I had a lot of analysis. This to guy give you. stinks. Come on. I haven't watched a whole lot. But when you mention all those players for Alabama, oh, by the way, they also have the Heisman Trophy winner playing quarterback who is – as cool as it gets and never seems to be flustered. But, yeah, I, I have a very, very difficult time ever picking against Nick Saban. So if I had to make a choice, I would pick Alabama for sure. Me and A.J. will be in the building. Ooh. Oh, hell yeah. A.J., you're, fl- the- you're flying in, right? Yeah, are you doing the coin toss? TBD. Okay. Am I betting on the coin toss or doing No, it? no, are you the guy out there flipping it? No, no, they wouldn't want this electrifying flip. I'm a good one, too. I got a good yeah. flip. I feel like it goes It goes at a pretty good rate. There was a time where I thought I could actually control it. Yeah. Oh. There was a time where I thought I could get a, a you know what I mean? Ahead every time if you wanted. Chris Angel awesome. can. Well, Chris Angel can and other magicians can, but there was a time before internet's on your phone and kids are going to lose their mind that flipping a coin could be something that you would bet on and pass time with. Now... That time seems so, so, so long ago because we're flipping coins on phones now. That's right. But before, you know, all this technology you had to do, stupid shit like that. Let's get back to the NFL. Excited to watch that game night with you, AJ. Yeah. It'll be fun. It should be fun. Let's go ahead and uh, let's talk about some of these matchups that we got coming up this weekend. And it's playoff football is amazing because you never know who's going to go on a run. Because not only is Super Wild Card Weekend going to be fantastic, littered with games from Saturday through Monday night, it's also FanDuel's same game parlay holiday, which we can't wait to get involved. I think we're going to have four different parlays up there. There's going to be, I mean, it's going to be insane. Raiders Bengals kick this thing off. Are you going to the game, AJ? And do you think this Bisaccia squad with Derek Carr, who does not get enough credit for many of us, uh, myself included, I will say I I should be on that list. Uh, I do not, and we do not talk enough about them because they're in the Chiefs uh, division. But how do you feel? 10 and 7, 10 and 7. They played earlier. It was a shit show. Like, here we go, huh? This could be a real game to start this whole uh, playoff run. Oh, no question. I I do not think I will be at the game. I think it'll be interesting to see what the weather is like. Right now, it's freezing cold in Ohio. It's not crazy windy. Like, I want to see what the conditions look like. But I mean, you got to give a ton of credit to the Raiders and Coach Richie and what they've done. Are you kidding me? Go back to 
Wait, rewind what three four months ago like mm-hmm. what was that Rager's organization doing uh upside down they were getting investigated by mm-hmm. the irs losing their head coach a couple players had very terrible things happen and mo- self-harm that was happening in there harm i mean it was a full- does gruden get a super bowl ring if they win it all yes Built. Is it stat that or is he stat that he built the team? Stat that. Okay. Mike Mayock, obviously, who knows how this shapes his future and what they're gonna do. Basaccio will be a part of the interview. You would think though, if it was terrible, now Mixon's a guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was about to say the team, you know, with Waller and Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. and the way that team is, you're, you'd almost be like the Raiders okay if that weather turns bad. Like the what that's not that bad. And then you think of Joe Burrow, he has what three receivers over a thousand yards. You think that's an air attack, but the reason why that all can go is because they got a running back who demands and commands a little bit of respect in the box. So I think it's going to be a great matchup. Let's get to that next game. AJ Hawk, the Bills and the Pats, third time this year in Buffalo. It should be banana land up there. I'm I'm expecting one or two build does to make it appear. Oh, at least. Weather should be crazy. That game could get real good. And what if New England, you know, what if New England somehow finds a way to play better football again? They did not look good yesterday. No, they were very bad. They have not looked good for a couple weeks, right? And I I don't know what's in the water down in Miami, but whenever they go down there, it's really, really bad. They're like 2-7 and against the Finns down there since 2013. So it's been a rough go, but, you know, this is the third time We'll be playing the Bills in less than two months. Like, how, how do you even prepare for a game when you've played them and they know you so well? Yeah, they might be, you know, have a good plug second floor and Tootsie's getting shoulder rubs down there. Okay. Maybe knock that out. AJ, how come that is always something? For me, every single game was me and the ball, me in the stadium, me and the ball. When you play somebody three times in one season, not that you, you don't play them two times every other season, you know a lot about them, but that particular group, the Patriots saw the Bills at their absolute best and absolute worst. And then on the flip side, the Bills saw the Pats in the same fashion. What do you think? Does that help at all as a player? What, what does it do for you when you have to play a familiar foe? Yeah, I think it helps. It, it helps you, I guess, at least have a feel for their personnel and their scheme and what they do. Like, all right, if I say I'm an outside backer, You've already got multiple rushes on that tackle who you're going to be rushing on again. So you can try to say, all right, well, what's he thinking? How's he going to counter my moves that I threw at him the first two games? And what kind of other counter can I throw at him? Like things like that. But when it comes to scheme, like this deep in the season, teams, you know, they, they've already shown really who they are. But also you hear about it, coaches holding back a couple plays, different things, and putting out new wrinkles here in the playoffs when everything really is on the line. And who knows, maybe someone will skeel, uh, steal some of those uh, MCDC quadruple reverse pass situations he had that that scored touchdowns man that was fun good for the Lions going out on top earning that number two overall pick if they (laughs) lose to Aaron Rodgers starting in Bakhtiari back they get the number one pick overall but I'll tell you what man that ain't what we're about around here oh yeah right Right. best three win team of all time NFL history yeah I mean I'm sure stat stat that that. yeah Yeah. actually Foxy please respect it the 2012 Chiefs had seven players uh, go to the Pro Bowl and they were two and twelve or 2-14, and 14, excuse me. Wow. Stat that. Stat that. Stat that. Because that. 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 that actually debunked your, well, that was, your tweet and oh, Fox's uh, record. That was the 16-game yeah. season. Completely different record books compared to this one now. Fins are the first. The Patriots always have the gimmicky shit, too. Like, they're a team that is not scared to do the gimmicky shit, although all, all the other coaches that are, you know, football super old school, oh, we don't need to do that trick stuff. And it's like the oldest of schools – 
football coach is like, no, nah, yeah, we do quarterback and wide receiver throws, uh, flea flickers all the goddamn time. Actually, it's part of our offense. Yeah, especially in the playoffs. Like a lot of the moments uh, when Julian, yeah, mm-hmm. Edelman, Amendola, and they've shown they they'll use Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne to throw the ball. So they'll have some tricks up there. Bill Carr was a big trick oh, player. Yeah. I love good trick players. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Keep them on their toes. Hey, Randall, he's up there in uh, Detroit. Congrats That's on right. win. Yeah. Oh, he so, probably drew those up. Yeah, he probably did. He said, I always wish that we yeah. actually added one more reverse. <laughs> there was always one reverse, and I was always like, hey, they're kind of predicting it. If we do two, there's no hey. way anybody's going to predict that. No chance. I'll tell you one, man. Boom, boom. <laughs> Put them both. Deuce, deuce. Let's <laughs> run it. That's <laughs> a completely different team when MCDC took over play calling. Yeah. We didn't know he was an offensive guru when we hired him. You think he's going to stick with it next year? I Has hope to. so. Has it's to. still up in the air, but I really oh, hope he's so. Already Golf gone. is a completely different quarterback when he took over. Uh, we'll have Darius Butler joining us here in a few moments. I can't wait to chat with him. He is going to have some thoughts on what happened with Indianapolis and Jacksonville. There's big games. I mean, the Niners, once they get, once they get going – once they get in, a lot of people tweet like once Kyle Shanahan finds his rhythm or once Kyle Shanahan figures it out, they're a problem. Debo, Kittle, Jimmy G made some plays. Yeah. I mean, that team could be dangerous. They got the Cowboys mm-hmm. in Dallas. Look out. Dak just came off of 500 yards and five tides uh-huh. or something like that. Had a hell of a fucking game. Uh, Diggs crowned him the comeback player of the year, uh, certified yeah. after what happened the other night or whatever but that Niners team I feel like they're a tough out for everybody and if they get rolling there's nothing you can do you're sitting on the sideline fucking watching well yeah people will talk about how they kind of have the formula that can win the playoffs with Debo and how much they run and Jimmy G actually playing well and taking care of the ball but their defense is legit too that game like I feel like that game I don't have no idea how it's going to go between the Cowboys and Niners but whoever wins could definitely like let's say one side routes the other they could really take some momentum and just cruise and try to get to uh, Lambeau for the NFC Championship and see what happens. Big Mike McCarthy's trying to sing Donner. Kellen mm-hmm. is almost a head coach somewhere. Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn's on top of all the conversations for being a head coach again. Would he want to do that? Mm. He seems to be having a great time. When he was at Seattle, he was beloved. Legion of Boom, we're winning. He's at Dallas, he's beloved. They're winning. Become a head coach again, life's miserable. You know, yeah. 28-3. Then he, turned down, he turned down Jacksonville interview, didn't he? Well, I, mean, I well, think a lot of people yeah, are going It's content. Anyways, mm-hmm. joining us now. Um, a man who is a nine-year NFL vet, played corner, nickel, safety, one of the smartest football players to ever play football, host of the Man to Man podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Hey, Yo, what's up, fellas? Debo, what's going on, pal? How are you? Let's dive right into it. The Indianapolis Colts lost in climb time to the Jaguars, and they are no longer in the goddamn playoffs. Rich Eisen put out a perfectly uh, worded tweet that the Colts just a few weeks ago were the team that nobody wanted to see in the playoffs because they beat the, the Bills the pats and the cards now they're the team that nobody's going to be seeing in the playoffs uh, very clever rich very accurate what the hell happened d butt man it was embarrassing we got uh we got our asses beat man you know top to bottom all the way up the field it wasn't even like a you know we went down to clown town and, and got a fluky loss with block punt or somebody ran the kickback or a ball like we got dominated both sides of the line of scrimmage trevor lawrence looked like you know, the next Andrew Luck for the first week all year. So good. Um, it was just bad, man. We, just, we weren't ready to play. You know, you put it on the coaches, but obviously the players go out there and take the field. So, um, you know, they, they let a, a huge opportunity slip through their fingers, you know, in back-to-back weeks, really, with our Raiders last week and then, um, you know, this week in uh, Jacksonville. Hey, D, but we, we were talking about the Niners a second ago. I want to go back to them. And yeah, they're dangerous. They have Debo and everything. Are you as confident in the Niners – 
ability to possibly make a run that, that some other people may be? Yeah, man. I mean, you look at that, that division, you know, toughest division in ball. You got uh, Niners, Cardinals, and the Rams. They're all in the playoffs. And uh, me and AB had this conversation a lot. Which quarterback would I trust the most coming from that division? And it's Jimmy G. Uh, right now, you saw what he did uh, Jimmy yesterday. Jimmy G. And then, you, know, you see with the Niners, the Niners, you know, how they're built. They're, they're matching up with the Cowboys. And the Cowboys, they get after the passer. But if you can run the ball down the throat like Shanahan and, and Cole does and take care of the ball, also what the uh, Cowboys do is take care of the ball. I mean, take away the ball. But Jimmy G takes care of it. And uh, if they do that, you know, that's a bad recipe for the Cowboys. And then we know what they did last time and they went to Lam Lambeau for the uh, NFC Championship. So uh, it'll be a six seed. So if they got to win, that's where they'll be headed. So it'll be tough. Right. Unless Philly pulled an upset, which... They, I don't think they, will happen. They might stink. We don't know. We're not 100 sure. They got in the playoffs, so congrats, yeah, Chris. Yeah. Let's stay in that NFC best, the NFC West. Three teams making uh, the playoffs. Matthew Stafford in that Rams squad. Jalen Ramsey is a freak show athlete. By the way. Yeah. That deflection, bat to himself, fall juggle is so hard to do. So so hard to do. Try it at your house. Something falls off the table. You try to grab it and bat it. Now do it at like 13, 14 miles an hour. I mean, it is insane what that defense can do, what that offense can do, what McVay can do. I mean, he made it in a 4-2-40 down to the end zone to celebrate with Higby and Cousy, who was celebrating, made a big time catch. Stafford is throwing seven picks in the last three games. That can't be good. And is that why you're saying you trust Jimmy G more than any other quarterback in that division going forward? I mean, I mean, Stafford still still no playoff wins. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's with Detroit. They stink. They stink. <laughs> hey, a lot, a lot of teams stink, man. But, you know, you no playoff wins for that long. And this time of the year, it, it's different. And taking care of the ball, is uh, that's key, especially at that position. Um, that's why I think, you know, big reason why I think Aaron Rodgers will win the MVP this year. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, you know, threw for over 300 yards, 40-something touchdown. But Aaron Rodgers, once again, just doesn't really turn the ball over. So you have a quarterback that – is as likely to throw it to the DBs as is the receivers. That's tough, you know, and that's tough to, to continue to cover up for that, especially um, in the playoffs. So uh, Matt, Matt threw four pick sixes this year, threw a, a game in the interception last game. So that has to concern you. Um, if you're a fan of the Rams, obviously they're top heavy, got a ton of talent on that team, a very talented coach. Uh, but, you know, the Cardinals handled them early on this year. You get J.J. Watt back. Um, that, uh, I think I'm leaning the Cardinals way in that one, but uh, I, I'm definitely concerned with uh, that quarterback position out there in L.A. McVay has Kingsbury's number, allegedly, if you go back to the stats and everything like that, but you're right. You get J.J. Watt back in there, maybe that's a little bit of an energy boost in the building. If Kyler and Cliff and that offense can be electrifying as normal, who knows, but it's playoff football. Let's go back to what you just said there about four pick sixes and game-ending picks and everything like that, and I'm going to ELE. You know, everybody I love everybody. Yeah, if we're going to hate anybody, let's hate the people that are making decisions. Let's not hate each other. Is there ever a sense of, like, the defense? Like, hey, what the fuck? We're doing our job. <laughs> the fuck is going on over there? And how, how common is that? And how does it go about happening? Is that just happening in, like, defensive meeting rooms? Is that happening in the locker room amongst each other? Is that happening outside the building? Or is that never happen on, on teams that are good? Is that never something that takes place? It happens a lot less with good teams, I think. I think on good on good ball clubs, you know, you got guys, the first thing, and I'm sure you guys probably felt the same way, the first thing you do after a game is you're like, damn, like, what could I have done better? You know, regardless of how good your game was um, as a player, as a coach, 
as a GM, as a trainer, everybody should look, you know, look themselves in the mirror first. And I think that's what happens more so on uh, on good ball clubs. So it's not too much of that. And on that defense, you know, they got to make plays too. You know, some, sometimes you go into a game saying, hey, we got to be better than that other defense that's over there. We got to score today. So um, the offense, they definitely move the ball. And Stafford has put up great numbers this year. Cup will probably win offensive player of the year. Um, so they do their job. I don't think it'll be much finger pointing in that locker room. Everybody's got a job to do. And uh, I think most most of the time you look you look yourself in the mirror as a man and say, what could I have done better? I can't wait to see what Stafford does here. This is going to be, you know, an, it's, a, be huge. it's an entirely new environment. His entire <clears throat> legacy is going to be determined upon it for at least the next three, four months. There'll be people crowning him or kicking him out of the Hall of Fame, uh -huh. depending upon how he does the next couple of weeks. I'm pulling for him. I always have. Detroit would stink to have Same to be man. your oh, entire man. career. Yeah. 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 I mean, go ahead, Ty. Debo, we also know you are a big time Justin Herbert guy. After watching that game last night, I don't know if you can really blame it on Herbert but are the Chargers just dead like is Herbert gonna end up just being like Phil Rivers where he's gonna have unbelievable stats but never win anything because his head coach seems to maybe not know what the hell he's doing and butthole clenching situation Jeez. I mean it, it's been bad it's been bad and that's the second year quarterback and um first year head coach you know rookie head coach super aggressive that that, that call I, I would put a lot of that game on him obviously that call going for it inside your 20 uh, terrible call. The timeout, you know, who knows what would have happened in that situation. But terrible timeout. I'm sure the Steelers fans over there loved it. Yeah. But uh, he, he he made a lot of bonehead decisions down. But they got a lot of money over there to spend. Um, I think Telesco is more than capable of building a winner. You still got some five-star players on both sides of the ball. Um, so I, I, I think the future is still bright with them. Uh, but you're going to go through those growing pains. And uh, the, the AFC is happy that they're not – nobody has to face Justin Herbert in the playoffs this year, I'll tell you that much. What happens on the first three downs defensively? You look amazing. <laughs> and then on fourth down, he's able to thread a needle yeah. and make an incredible play. This is what I always used to ask on the sideline with no say in the offensive uh, – you know, strategy, we'd run no huddle and we'd walk right down the field. And then the next drive, all right, let's fucking milk the play clock a little bit. All right, cool, we're punting in three plays then. That is what I'm just watching. Why don't we do that? I guess there's strategy involved in all that decision making, but how come you think, is it the defense giving up more on those fourth downs? They're kind of giving, they're, they're playing a different style. Why did he seem to come alive in those moments where they needed a play? I, you know, I would just put it honestly, more so on the quarterback, you know, or just not Herbert, but just quarterbacks in general. When, you know, when the stakes are higher, some guys just really get better. And I think uh, Burrow's another one who's young, but when the stakes are higher, they get better. And um, that's just what he was doing. And it could have been last night. It could have just been that Max Crosby and Cole just had to catch their breath on fourth down because they're beating the dog shit out of the offense a lot of first three downs. So, I mean, it could have been a lot of things. But Herbert, I mean, I don't, I've never seen anything like that. On fourth downs, you know, just time and time and time again, stepping up, making plays. Um, but that's kind of the reason, uh, you know, I'm so high on him as a player. Uh, it was a ton of drops last night. He made a bonehead uh, interception, too. Uh, he threw to Casey Hayward. But uh, he's a, a phenomenal player. I think it's a lot of those quarterbacks around the league. League's in good hands as far as quarterback goes. Hey, D-Butt, speaking of guys that step up when things are on the line, Ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh Steelers are in the playoffs. Like, what do you – do they have a chance, or are we just like, hey, we this is the pinnacle, let's ride this week out, and not many people expecting to win? Because I think they – I mean, this could be like a storybook ending for Ben if they go on a run. Oh, go He might go out like the bus. Oh. I mean, I mean, you know, they, they're going against the Chiefs. We saw a matchup earlier. We saw how that went. But it's the playoffs. It's 0-0. Uh, Tomlin just finished 
his 15th season, zero losing season, which is which is unbelievable. You got Big Ben. He's going silence. <laughs> we had a He's moment got, of silence for his winning streak. We had a moment like four or five weeks ago. How the fuck? Come on, man. We did. You were here. I should know better. Than I that. think you were here for yeah, it. You're part no, of it. I, I wouldn't participate. You won. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You did yesterday on the internet. No, no way. Yeah, you did. No way. But anyway, he stunk. Ben uh, everybody's got football. a chance, man. Everybody's got a shot. But uh, it's it's it's, it's an uphill battle to say the least. Guy Connor. Yeah, D. But we were just talking about how the Patriots are going to be playing the Bills for the third time as a defensive back. Is there like an advantage for that? For instance, like J.C. Jackson against Stephon Diggs, they typically are going at it all day. Will that be something that'll benefit him, or will Stephon Diggs kind of know where he can win against uh, J.C.? I think really both both of those guys, you know, both of those guys, you know, you, you, you kind of bank those reps and you keep them in the back of, okay, how is he at the line? How does he play me in the red zone, the low red, uh, third downs? How, do, how are they matching me? How are they following me? So I think everybody kind of gets to bank those, the play callers as well, the quarterbacks. Um, so it, it, I, I'm excited to see that matchup. But that first game was kind of like, a, you know, with that weather, yeah. even though the Bills threw the ball 30 times, it was just so crazy. I, if, I feel like these teams only really played once. And uh, Josh Allen was clearly the better quarterback in that situation. And I think that'll be the case, um, you know, again, when they match up again. But uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm leaning the Bills in that direction. But I think both guys get kind of equal, um, you know, equal a footing when it comes to the advantage. Oh, dude, you're going to be joining the Colts next week. That's, oh, no. well, that's no. what D-Butch just said. Oh, no, no. We'll that's be, what D-Butch just said. We'll be joining the oh, other teams the... who lost and actually made it to the playoffs. You guys are with, like, the Colts. Giants I can't believe that and shit. the Jags and the Jets. Oh, no. right. So let's talk about a lot of those situations. And we, we don't need to dive back into the Colts <laughs> losing to Clown Town USA. Yeah. Hey, you got a first-round pick. Hey, how many clowns showed up oh, in this day now? We don't have no. Couple thousand, I think maybe a thousand, couple hundred. Where there's a lot on Twitter that were dunking on me <laughs> all afternoon and this morning, and it was rightfully so. But let's talk about bad programs. Okay, one of them in the playoffs, everybody else not in the playoffs. There's a lot of openings all of a sudden. Chicago, open. Miami, open. Minnesota, open. Uh, you talk about Denver, open. You uh, good jobs that are open too. Jacksonville, yeah. open. Uh, you, Raiders, everybody's thinking maybe open. Which one do you think is the most desirable at this point, Darius Butler? Which one do you think is the uh, whoever the prime coaching candidate is of the offseason is going to take first? I would probably say the best one out of all of those would probably be the the Vikings job. Honestly, um, you got you're going to be coming in with a new GM. You guys are kind of going to be tied at the hip. Um, hopefully, your egos can align and work together. Uh, you got Kirk Cousins, who I think is a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback in the league. Mm. Doesn't step up in the biggest moments yet, but a uh, good quarterback that you're tied to at least for one more year. You got good players on defense, playmakers on offense. Um, I think, and then you look around at division. Rodgers could be gone next year. He, he only plays for a couple more years at least. Justin Fields is young. The Lions are the Lions. So if I'm a coach, you know, that's a division I'm going to go in. You got a nice, beautiful new stadium. Uh, I think uh, I think the Vikings are probably, it's probably the best job opening uh, right now. Currently, who knows what's going to come next? Go ahead, Tone. Darius, call me crazy. Okay. With the weapons, I think they got a good secondary, too. Good D-line, potentially. Battle line. The Cincinnati Bengals, can they go on a run? Hey, we, we saw them go and beat uh, Kansas City. And I think that's where everybody's crowning to come out of the AFC this year. But, uh, like, all those things you mentioned. And then the quarterback. The quarterback has been special all year. 
And um, he's been one of those guys. He's, he's I know he, what is the second year now, mm-hmm. but he's really what, 25 years old, 24, 25. He's been on the big stage at LSU, won national championship. So this isn't new to him. He doesn't shrink under the light. So that's definitely not a team that anybody wants to bump into. Um, so I, uh, the confidence is high. Off the field, his intangibles, leadership, his swag. I mean, that's, that's not that's, that's a tough out for anybody. And like, they got Joe Mixon who can run. I mean, that uh-huh. is a big part of it. I almost thought to myself, well, they're in trouble for the playoffs because they got three wide receivers who got over 1,000, and Joe Burrow has that killer mentality that I think everybody should be seeking whenever they're drafting a quarterback high. How do you find out if a person has that or not? I'm not sure. Maybe have to go to Dr. Goldman standard. But Mixon <laughs> can get loose back there. Yeah. And that defense hums, and it's going to be a tough way. I mean, good for the Bengals. They should build an indoor practice facility how are the Colts not in the playoffs with the facility that we have you think was there no extra reps <laughs> D-Bot was there no extra reps out there what a... we, we I don't know Did they it, stink I mean what happened it, I mean nothing I mean you you know you were excited about them uh when probably a month ago you, you said hey you know Super Bowl we got JT and I was like hey man Carson I don't trust Carson down the stretch but I mean that that yesterday was it was bigger than Carson I, Carson did stink but it was bigger than him, you know, the defense, the offensive line, both both lines of scrimmage. Uh, we just didn't show up and make plays for whatever reason. Um, you know, it, it happens. You got to go back to the drawing board. But that one's that one's going to hurt. Uh, Frank and Chris signed extensions. Um, so I, I don't think they move on from Frank at all. But, uh, man, it, 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 it's, it's tough right now. I saw uh, boss. I saw Connor's. Uh, written letter to uh, Ursay. Yes. Uh, did he respond to you yet? No, I mean, he's got a lot of people writing him letters right now over there at Ursay, and this guy mm-hmm. with a condescending fuck, I don't think yeah. Ursay is going to answer what you had it's, to say. It's genuine. What are you talking about? I'm trying what, to get answers. Jim Ursay's a what good guy. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. You. Hope he great slaps guy. you in the mouth. Yeah, I hope he does slap you in the mouth with one of them guitars. I hope yeah. he takes one of the <laughs> guitars that he bought for $250,000, $300,000 and breaks it over your head like he's Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, well, Keep if he it, does brother. that, then he's going to have to give me John Lennon's piano too, goddammit. Oh, you're in Sue. That's right. Oh, wow. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Excuse doing me, Boston Carriage. Someone's got to ask the tough scumbag. questions around here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, hey, we know Ursay was pissed in that locker. You know, when he you know, he come bright red. And it's just, that's a bad feeling. You walk, in that, you walk in that locker room after a game like that, man. But, hey, it happens. Yeah, I guess. And we're in playoff football. We can't thank you enough for joining us, D-Butt. Whenever we, well, we're not actually Colts are not in playoff football, but the rest of the NFL is. That should be a lot of fun. I see you got your Dolphins hat on. Are you trying to be the head coach? Or? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I, I, I'll take it. That's the job I'll take, uh, Mr. Ross. Holla at me. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us, ladies and gentlemen, host of the Man to Man podcast, Darius Butler. You're the best. Hey, so sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The People at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sportsbook going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. 
Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. All pro, pro bowler, leader of every squad he's ever been a part of. Now you can see him on ESPN, dishing out electricity and facts. Ladies and gentlemen, former center, Jeff Saturday. What's going on, man? Bro, first of all, I just want to say, I just saw the John Deere... I mean, that's, a, that's some of the greatest stuff I've ever seen. Yeah, and like, whoever's asking about the front wheel, that wheel's like twice the size of your freaking car wheel, bro. Like, yeah, he's a nerd, Jeff. He, he's from Michigan. He's a nerd. Don't yeah. you worry about Ooh, him. Uh, right we, we appreciate you joining us. And before we get into the NFL talk, is that an Alabama A on your chest? Are you roll tied tonight or you got the dogs? You see that, hey, but that's that's roll tide, dude. My daughter is a uh, my daughter goes to school there, so I got to be roll tide, dude, all the way. Hey, yes. I respect that you're down in Georgia. That's probably not a very uh, fan favorite <laughs> reaction or take, but yeah. good luck to both teams tonight as they play an incredible national championship. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, football. Let's, let's get into playoff football in the NFL, Jeff. This is the best time of year for everybody. 18 weeks, 17 games, and somehow uh, we had a MVP candidate. A defense player of the year candidate and coach of the year candidate just a week ago. Three of them. Seven pro bowlers. And we lose to the goddamn Clontown Jacksonville Jaguars. And we're knocked out of the playoffs out of nowhere. Did you see this coming? How does this happen, Jeff? What happened to the Colts? And what happens next year? Epic failure, bro. Like, it, it, it broke me. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know that I've ever seen or been a part of a game that hurt that much that I wasn't in. I mean, like, I, like I, I literally watched that thing and my stomach hurt for everybody who is a Colts fan, part of the organization. Uh, man, we, we – and here's the thing. Like, we can talk about Wentz and him not getting it done, but, man, we got beat up. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, they, they, they beat the brakes off of us, and we really had no answer. I never – I never saw that coming. What was it, Jeff? What's what was the biggest issue? I know fourth and two, third and short. Like Jonathan Taylor's getting stopped in the backfield. Was that one of your when you saw that happen, especially early on in the game? We're like, uh oh, this could be a long day. Yeah, I thought the first drive, AJ. So the first drive, you're seeing them convert, you know, and you see him kind of growing in confidence. You see Lawrence starting to feel good back there. We had zero pass rush, like we couldn't get home. He's back there, you know. He, he's back there pulling on, you know, smoking a cigarette, dude, just taking his time. <laughs> the ball having no issues no worries um i felt like that got us kind of off of our game and then honestly you know like we i, I never felt like we really got into a rhythm with taylor you know we we kind of uh, allowed them to dictate when we were going to try to run uh and our offensive line didn't play well like when you look at the runs I, I went back and watched it again last night the fits man like guys were on edges they were never like secure and really taking care of it and it may not be all five, but every one of them had issues that just showed up in big moments. And, and the most surprising part is, man, the freaking Patriots just hung a 50-burger on them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you, you don't went in with this attitude. I'm going to come in and stick it in your freaking, you know, I'm going to stick it down your throat the rest of the afternoon. And it's like we went in there and kind of played patty cake with them, wanted to see if we could get Wentz in rhythm, all of those kinds of things. Uh, I mean, like I tell you, it was total failure. Our receivers got 
zero separation. Like literally, you go back and watch it again. They're not getting separated. Wentz doesn't know where to go with it when they do. It just, it was, uh, it was massively disappointing. That sounds great. You know, after you broke down the film, it's worse than we could have ever imagined. The fact that we only lost by 15, it sounds like that is a good news instead of a bad news. And the offensive line department, obviously you've been a part of a lot of great ones in the history of the game and in the teams that you played for. And there's obviously that epic clip of you and Peyton where you're telling him, hey, run the damn ball. And he's like, let's just fucking block, Jeff. Just block. <laughs> Blocked, Jeff. But the offensive line, you know, and this year there was that moment between Quentin Nelson that was captured on hard knocks where he comes up to Frank and he's like, hey, let's run the ball. And then they go and score a touchdown. Why do you think it wasn't just a Jonathan Taylor heavy strategy going into every single game this year? Like, I have a lot of respect for Frank, okay? He won a lot yeah. of games. They were one in five. He was able to keep that team together. I understand. Carson Wentz has come in and he's paid a lot of money and I think he's made some big time plays and he came in this show. He's a good guy. Guy, but there should never be a thought that that doesn't run through Jonathan Taylor. And yesterday, I guess the reason why Frank was able to get off is because the offensive line wasn't as dominant as normal. So do you think there's some days where some offensive linemen just don't have it? Is it you're not seeing things right? You don't feel good? What do you think it is? And why do you think we don't just feed that guy the entire time? Yeah, I mean, like schematically, they, they were definitely adding guys in the box late, right? When we would motion around, you would see 20 was one of their guys. He would sneak in the box, and he would be knife, and they did a lot of movement up front. So it wasn't like just stick-and-drive type blocks for our offensive line. So it's a little bit different. But but here's the deal, this, and this is what I talk about, the passing game versus the running game. You're going to have big plays in the passing game, right? But it takes time to establish those, the, you know, the little outing, you know, out and up or the stutter go. All of those things take time. It's no different than the run game. Like, you have to continue to stay in phase and continue to try it because you never know when Taylor's going to have that big hitter. And we saw it, you know, week after week against the Patriots, closing the game out with that big-time run. I didn't feel like the last two weeks we just kept – we would get off of it because of whether it was how many guys were in the box – we weren't necessarily doing a great job up front, but at some point, you and I and AJ, you know, man, give your best guy a shot, bro. And if that's our best guy, even if he's only getting one and two yards a carry, at some point he's going to break a big one. I kind of felt like we got away from him, uh, and ultimately it cost us. The game wasn't out like it was, you know, it was 10 3, 13. It, it was still very, uh, very winnable until the latter parts of the fourth quarter. I, I just felt like we thought, hey, man, if they're going to stack it this way, we're going to try to uh, throw the ball against them. And we had no answers when it came to throwing it. Hey, Jeff, it's two teams that are super hot right now, the Niners and Cowboys. Now, how do you see that playing out? And, like, and you know, you played for Big Mike in Green Bay. I was there with you for a year during your time. Like, how do you think the Cowboys are? Like, do they have a legit chance to make a run? And I know that the Niners people are – seems like they're pretty worried about what they may do, like how, how explosive and powerful they can be on offense. Yeah, I would say this. You know, I've gotten I've gotten blasted about saying this about the, the Cowboys. Here are the two things. I don't feel like the Cowboys are physical, oh. and I don't think they're especially explosive. And those are two things that concern you from an offensive perspective, right, is they haven't really done much. Now, everybody's going to go, oh, man, they just, you know, scored 50 against the JV team for the Eagles. But if you look at their last games, it's like Washington yeah. twice, the Giants, the Eagles who aren't playing half their, half their roster – it concerns me because they. I feel like Kellen Moore and, and McCarthy, and you and I both know this, McCarthy's default is passing the football. And he understands Dak is very good at it. He's got good receivers, and I'm not taking anything away from that because it, they are very good. 
But you and I both know, and we faced it when we faced the 49ers when we went out there and they boat raced us the way they did. There's something about physicality in the playoffs that changes games. And when you think about the 49ers, even yesterday, when they're down, I think it was 17 nothing. They're not stopping being physical. They're going to keep feeding Debo. They're going to try to stay in the game, and they can make big plays in the passing game and the running game. I have not seen that from the Cowboys in a while. This is a tough matchup. I mean, you would think from a roster perspective, the Cowboys should have the advantage. I'm not so sure, man. This is going to be a tough game for the Cowboys. Okay, so there's a couple teams in the playoffs now that rely on that physical football, and let's pivot to the AFC alone. The Titans, I mean, the Titans have a first-round bye. They're not even in the Super Wild Card weekend. But you heard Vrabes give the speech after the game. He said, hey, the most physical team won. And I've heard that, I've heard that speech said so many times around the NFL. Hey, it doesn't matter about all the other shit. The most physical team is going to win. And you're an old-school center offensive lineman, so people are going to expect this out of you. But these games coming through the playoffs, it has always been won in the trenches. Has it not? And are the Titans with Derrick Henry coming back? Is that not a team that's potentially primed to go on a goddamn run right now? Absolutely. Listen, I said it last week when we were talking about the AFC and who I thought had the, had the, uh, had the advantage. And I, I kept saying the Titans, and everybody's kind of mocking me. They're changing a little bit now, right? And this isn't just about Derrick Henry. When you look at the way that Mike Vrabel has coached him, who, by the way, should be coach of the year. I'm just saying that. Oh, there we out. go. Yeah, what this guy has done has been absolutely amazing. But they're, they're physical on both lines of scrimmage. They understand they still need big plays. So Brown is still going to be a big part of it. If Julio's healthy, he'll still be a big part of it. But they're not going to lose games. They're not going to beat themselves. And I think when you look at Tennessee and why has it been so impressive, because even without Derrick Henry, these dudes tote the freaking rock, bro. And their front four on defense will flat out get after the passer and they don't have to bring blitzes. They don't have to bring undue or unnecessary pressure. They can do it all. And then you top that off. With they just got that attitude, man. And y'all know what I mean. Like, they got Vrabel's attitude. And Vrabel is the guy, if you're going to a back alley, you want to take that <laughs> long streak with you, right? Like, he's going to be the first dude to toss off on somebody as well. And all of his – all of his, know that about him. And that's one thing, man. When you get that type of energy, that type of excitement, uh, this is a team to be reckoned with, man. They are physical, and they understand their identity, and they do not shy away from it. After that speech he gave about the most physical team, he said, all right, I'll see you Wednesday. Break it up. And Taylor, you fucking break it up. And they push him, <laughs> and then the entire team starts pushing him around in there. It's like that that type of chemistry is something that every team wishes they had at this particular time. Like that team, the original team here in Indianapolis that I got to see the tail end of, everybody fucking knew everything about each other. Everybody yep. knew exactly where everybody was going to be on paper. Maybe the 40 times aren't as fast, but it's going to make up for it because everybody's going to be on a string and be playing. It was, that's one of those things never gets talked about. I'm excited to watch this Titans team. Go ahead, Ty. Jeff, when you look at the Packers, with them getting Bakhtiari back, do you think it's going to take them? a little bit of time here to that offensive line to kind of remesh or is he good enough where they're going to be ready to go and, and just great immediately when they play and with him coming back and some of these other guys do you think they're the team to beat in the NFC they are the team to beat in the NFC and let me just say this man if you haven't seen Bakhtiari's like comeback on Twitter I, I think the Packers put it out it is a freaking thing of beauty like when he's making his comeback and how he's going to come back uh, it was hysterical. Go check him out because it, it, there's a reason everybody wants to hang out with the offensive line. He's a perfect example yeah. of 
two, if you watched him play yesterday, he freaking smoked people, man. Like I saw him on, I think it was the three-yard line. They're going in for their touchdown. He hit a linebacker, dang near knocked his chicklets out, bro. Like he hit freaking hard. And I'm sitting there watching him in his pass protection. He is anchored down, dude. A freaking inch. He is locked in. This dude is a freaking stud. No, they will need no time absorbing him back in. This guy is uh, he's next level left tackle. He has he has way outperformed what anybody thought he would be. This is this, next to Trent Williams out in San Francisco. Uh, think of the other top left tackles in our game. He's right up in that conversation. There is nothing but benefit to having him back, dude. This guy is a he is a wrecker on the left side of the line. And most most left tackles are about sweet feet and athleticism. He he got a, he got a, he got a little attitude in him, dude. He wants to put dudes down. I love his style of play. Yeah, and he's a beer trucker, so I think that I mean we're we're all in we're all in on the same page about Bakhtiari. Do you think tackle is the one position on the offensive line, even though the offensive line is always so tight in chemistry? Do you think tackle is the one position that you can kind of pick somebody and put them in because they're almost on an island, right? Isn't that kind of a they're on their own island almost? Yeah, left tackle. Yeah, your your left tackle, your your right tackles. You're often going to have to slide. You're going to move that way. They're more of the they're more of the anchor down. They're going to hit you in the face type guys. Your left tackles. You remember like Tart Glenn, man. I mean, I mean, like like these guys are they're dancing. They're dancing bears. Dude. These guys are 350 pounds and they move their feet like they're defensive backs. I mean, they they are next level athletes. So they are definitely a little bit different. And the continuity between double teams for those guys isn't necessary uh, in comparison to guys inside and even that right tackle position. So that one, in, that one in particular, and especially a guy, his ability. I mean, AJ knows, man, like there are certain dudes that you plug into a line and just makes you better. He is one of those guys, man. This dude is a freaking stud, bro. Don't, don't, don't ever miss on this guy. This guy is, is a large reason why the Packers have been as good as they are and why Aaron stays vertical, man, because this guy can lock it down with the best of them. I agree with you, but switching uh, to a couple other teams, Bucks, Eagles. Do you think this whole A-B situation, you played in the league forever, do you, ever, do you see anything even remotely close to what happened with A-B? And do you think like that, those off-the-field things, Not like, obviously they're going to miss his production on the field, but do you think this causes any issue with the team? Yeah, I think it's a huge distraction, AJ. Like when you think about, um, and you and I, you know, we, you know, when you especially get down to playoff time, I mean, like the week before, you're about to make this charge, and the guy who you think's going to take the place of Godwin and really step up and make this, and now you have another one of their receivers who who, who pulls a hammy. Um, th- these are these are vital guys, and and it's not necessarily the distraction, like you said, the production on the field, which you know you're losing. Now you go back to thinking, man, like what if? What if AB were still here? What if what if he hadn't done what he did? Um, now, there's no way you would have kept him on your team after he did what he did in New York. Absolutely not. So I completely understand the move. But yeah, there's that distraction. There's that little voice in your head when it gets down to crunch time. You know, could we have had him? And what you know, somebody's going to have to step up and make that play. Because the dude is, I mean, he is a difference maker. And especially in their wide receiver core, like his separation, his ability to get open in the middle of the field and make those catches, they don't have another guy since Godwin went down that replaces him. That That is a big loss. And when you get into crunch time in the playoffs, uh, those, those, you know, it's, it's players, not necessarily plays. It's going to be a big loss for them. Antonio Brown, one of the greatest football players of all time. I think that is why all of this has happened. Be who you can afford to be. He's one of the greatest of all time. Hey, 
Scoot, scoot, Scotty Miller. Yeah. Uh-huh. I look for scoot, scoot, Scotty Miller all the way back. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Jeff, a lot of coaches got fired today. Are you surprised by any of them? And for those teams, do you think it'll be difficult for them to kind of change their philosophy and pivot uh, their style of play based on their new coach coming in? Uh, Flores was a big surprise to me. I, I was surprised Miami moved on from him. I thought he had done a pretty good job. And with the uh, – the distraction that he's had to deal with every offseason, whether with Tua or not, of are they going to get somebody? Uh, I felt like he kept that team together. You saw the last performance against the Patriots. Um, I was surprised by that one. I'm surprised that Joe Judge didn't. I heard gentlemen step down. I don't know where the, the situation is with uh, Joe Judge right now, but last I checked, he was still there. I was a little surprised uh, that he's still around. Uh, the other ones where I was pretty yeah, it, it, pretty much known around that most of those guys it was going to happen it's not hard like I, like I tell people the philosophies of teams aren't hard to adapt to it's the continuity of finding like once you hit the field you know like like I mean there's something about when you're practicing it's all going to look good you can look very polished it's when you have to make in-game adjustments that's the hardest part and that's where it really takes time to get to know the coach uh, so you really don't know that until probably midway through your first season of what does it look like? I mean, great example is Staley, right? Is, is you know, he's going to be a super aggressive coach. You're going to go for it on a lot of fourth downs, even if you're backed up. And so that mentality sometimes takes time to get used to and accustomed to. But you really you don't know that in practice. A coach can say that all he wants. Until you see, you know, the, the, the rubber meet the road, you really don't know what they're going to do until they get in the games. Uh, and so it's that type of thing that takes a little time to get accustomed to. Hey, Jeff, you're over there at ESPN with some of the greatest stat minds on earth. Hashtag stat that. Hembo over there, and there's a big initiative and push, and we know Mina is incredibly intelligent and breaks down a lot of incredible – a different facet of football has been introduced to the world. And Brandon Staley is like the coach in the NFL that is almost like, hey, this is the reason why we are running all the stats that we're running in there. Do you think that he will obviously evolve from this and change, or do you think he's going to maintain his consistency of being, you know what, on our own 18 – Fourth and one, third quarter, three-point game, playoff berth on the line. Neither team has really done anything. <laughs> you think he's always going to do that or he's going to learn from this, right? This is going to be one that he's going to get calloused up from and kind of adapt his style from? As, as Howard Mudd used to say, that rat, that rat just died. <laughs> we will not do that again. You know, that, that backed up on our own 18. There's not going to be very many defensive players on his team, they're going to be appreciative when you're back. You've already you've already given them three. Now you've backed us up. Uh, no, I, I think you learn as a head coach. I think you learn um, as a guy who's having to make those strategic decisions. I don't care what any percentage says. You're down three. Your defense can punt away. They played better. Like there's ebbs and flows of games. And once defenders begin to kind of know you and kind of get the mark on you, defensive guys would tell you, man, you know punt it and let's let's let it let us play we can either get a turnover we can back them up we can flip the field and i think that's the mentality you want from your defense i was very surprised he did that especially as a defensive minded coach like you conceded three points and and um you know defensive players going to walk off he's going to be giving the clap up oh great job great job now you're down six it changes the dynamics of the game so i i think uh I think that rat died i, I think he'll still go for it on fourth down not necessarily in that situation hey He's a 
quarterback who's also a defensive co- uh, coordinator. Yeah. Well, so he's a defensive coach who sees the game through a quarterback's eyes. That is why he is the tag team. The stats thing, just relying heavily on stats, Jeff, I think that gives you like an out if something goes wrong. Well, the numbers said, the numbers said, you know, <laughs> honestly, I'm being serious. Like, I think people that do that, it kind of gives them an excuse almost, naturally. And I think Staley has a bright future, but hopefully he'll be able to, you know, this isn't... You know, you know what doesn't give you a lot? when you're, When your players drive home at the beginning of January instead of playing that next week. He, them dudes ain't happy about that playoff check not coming in, bro. Not the chance, especially with Herbert leading them. So, again, you can back it up, but you got to back it up in that locker room. That's a much tougher sell. You and I both know that. Last question here. We can't thank you enough. Jeff Saturday joining us of ESPN. Oh, fan. hell Holy yeah. Shit. Hey, that pancake, big man, that pancake seg where you get yep. jacked up in the morning, I fucking love it. That's one of our favorite things on hell television. Yeah, yeah. I hope you get an Emmy for it, Jeff. You deserve it. Go ahead, Diggs. Jeff, I'm not sure if you remember, but in 2005, the Steelers went on a magical run as the sixth seed in the, as the AFC in the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. You see the same thing happening again with Ben's last ride instead of Bussy's last ride? You, you know, I, I really don't appreciate you uh, bringing up 2005, and I can understand you trying to take a shot on me on the last question, understanding that Harper gets tackled by the most unathletic quarterback in the world. Oh! But, but I don't appreciate the shots fired right there. And so, uh, you know, that one still wounds in case you don't realize. That, that still cuts a little deep. I, I did, but I, in all fairness and honesty, dude, I am so fired up for Tomlin uh, and Roethlisberger, man, that they made this run. It's, uh, it answered so many questions and shut a lot of people up. Man, Tomlin is, is the dude, bro, and, and he is an incredible coach. He gets the most out of his guys. It's been a fun ride. I hate that my Colts had to be the uh, catalyst to get them in the playoffs. So uh, not only did you hurt me in 2005, thanks for Sorry, that question. Jeff. Thought the wound again today. Sorry, Jeff. A lot of pre- I'll make sure you and I do dinner when I get the end. <laughs> hey, Jeff, beat the shit out of him. We appreciate you Hell so yeah. much for joining us. Hey, real quick, who's winning the Super Bowl? Oh, man, I'm going to go Bucks. I've been on Ooh. them. I'm going to stay on them. Oh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Saturday. Thank yeah. you, Jeff. Yeah. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day-to-day. If you enjoyed today's show, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. We're back tomorrow with a massive Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. I believe John Cena's on the show, too. Should be great. We'll know what happened in the natty. The playoff picture will be a good discussion. We got guests. We got life. We got you, hopefully. Thank you all so much. Hashtag end of pod squad. Go ahead and tweet out a picture of where you're listening. Ty will continue to give out merch. You all are the best. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful national title Monday night Monday. We're back tomorrow.